0: Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. Today, I am joined by, uh, by another guest who returned from uh, the last episode, Chris Maynard of uh, War Machine vs. War Wars. How are you doing today, Chris?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me back, Peter.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for coming back. Um, I wasn't sure if you would uh, after watching these movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, since we've spoken last, you have started your own podcast as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a, a little bit about it?
1: Um, yeah. It's a Following Films podcast. It's through my uh, blog that I have, which is followingfilms.com. Um, I've just been doing kind of a lot of interviews, and it's, you know, I just wanted to have something a little bit more um, that I could get up a little bit quicker than more Machine Horse. That format is fantastic, and I love it, and I love doing that show. But uh, sometimes interviews come up last minute, and it's difficult to kind of get something. Recorded and out the next day with that particular show because we have to put together uh, essentially, we have to watch three movies for it anytime we put out an episode. So, if I had the opportunity to interview somebody on Monday uh, for a film that was coming out on Friday, it was very difficult to get that out in time. So, I just wanted to have something where I could, you know, get things out a little bit quicker. That's all.
0: Yeah. And these interviews, they are with directors too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, quite a few. Most of yeah, yeah,
1: directors, directors of photography, actors, that kind
0: of thing. Yeah, so that's really cool. So it's not just uh just any interviews. They're actually, you know, people who, you know, work on the movie or uh, directed it themselves. So yeah. it's it's really cool because, you know, you can really tell that you have a passion for or or really enjoy these movies that you talk about too. So it's not just anybody that you're just trying to get on the show. These are genuinely movies that you really like. And, and want to talk to these people about. So it's a really good listen. So I encourage, you know, listeners to definitely check that out. And obviously, uh, War Machine, War Horse, um, if anybody follows the show, know that, you know, um, they are a friend of the podcast. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, now, I, I saw recently you got a retweet from uh, from one of my uh, favorite actresses, uh, Leah Thompson. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I got, I got a little jealous about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I, she that, that's sort of the same thing you were talking about, where there's a film that she produced a couple of years ago, uh, and it's called The Trouble with the Truth. And it's a great movie, kind of went unseen. And uh, Jim Hempel I interviewed him um, for War Machine Horse a couple weeks ago and I also wrote a review of it, and when I wrote the review, I I tagged her in the review, and I guess she read it, so she retweeted it, but uh, it's one of those things where it's a film that didn't get enough attention. It's a great little movie, so I hope more people will see it, and that's kind of the point of the podcast in a lot of ways, is I want to maybe shine a light on things that people haven't seen.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, because you you mentioned that she produced it, and, and I imagine that she acted in it as well, because yeah. I think in, in your tweet, yeah, you mentioned that it was like her, probably her best performance. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Career.
1: She's she's fantastic in it. I mean, you kind of know Leah Thompson for light, comedic, romantic stuff mostly. And uh, this this movie isn't, you know, it's not leaving Las Vegas, but it's definitely more of a drama than it is mm. a comedy. And she's fantastic in it. She has far more range than I ever realized she did as an actress, and she's great.
0: Yeah, I I tried tweeting her yesterday. Said that uh, density had brought me to you, and I didn't get a repeat or, or a retweet or reply. <laughs> <laughs> so failed on that, unfortunately. Uh, before we go any further, yeah, if if, um, if there's any new listeners joining today, uh, uh, typically I review older movies that I grew up watching with my uh, son, who's fourteen, and if. Um, Anyone's missed uh um our last episode on the First Police Academy I had mentioned uh, uh Phoenix had, got, had gotten in some hot water with us so he's currently grounded uh and it was it was it was really hard for us too because I, I don't know if I mentioned this but um uh at, at that time had I mentioned it he would have had a Valentine's Day dance coming up which has oh. since passed yeah and it would have been his very first big high school dance and so it, it was. It was really, really hard for us to take that away from him, and and he was unable to go because uh, he is seeing a girl. He's not really dating, but uh, he definitely has uh, an interest in in this girl. And and he had told me a couple of weeks ago, you know, he, you know, wanted to take her. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see your grades. And the grades came. We're like, you're not going. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it was. It was really hard for us. Uh, you know, of we 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 took him out of parkour you know which is something he really loved um, uh-huh. you know he uh, also attended a weekly uh youth group uh at a church and we had it you know he, he couldn't go to that we had to take all the fun stuff out so we're we're hoping that this month he's really going to pull it together in this new term and and hopefully uh you know show us that he's putting forth a little bit more effort and um, cuz you know I I can't wait for him to come back um you know, I, I miss talking movies with him. You know, yeah, of it, it, it's a it's a bonding we we had, and and uh, we haven't had to do that because he's been sitting in his room without a TV. I took the TV out and He just he just sits on his bed and he's rereading his old books and graphic novels. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but hey, life of a teenager. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because cause we did go over that a little bit, um, uh last episode, just talking about it and uh and you know since since um that episode i've kind of thought about it some more and i think i am going to start kind of allowing him to to watch some more stuff like like these these really weren't too bad i mean that that um the first police academy still had some things you know <laughs> like the the oral sex part and um y- you know again he's in high school you know I, <laughs> I shouldn't be so naive to to think that he doesn't you know know about that type of stuff so yeah i think i'm going to start letting him... um um, you know, watch some of those movies, you know, maybe Friday, expose him to that drug scene and see see, we'll see, how people can be around drugs or on drugs. You know, that'd be kind of a, a good, uh, just say no type of movie. I don't know. You know, uh, next month, um, uh, and this is going to date the the episode a little bit, but uh, next month it will be the 30th anniversary of, of The Last Dragon. Oh, okay. And that's something, uh, yeah, that's something I really want to uh, do with him. And I think about four years ago, I I actually let him watch it, so he was still pretty young, and and he really enjoyed it. He actually thought it was really good, and it still held up for him at that time. But uh, there's is... there's nudity in that, isn't there, Fire? No, it's PG thirteen. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Bruce oh, Lee you know showed I'm th- up. Th- I'm thinking Enter the Dragon.
1: That's that's like forty years old now, so.
0: Does that have new? No- well, I guess, yeah, yeah. The the villain had some uh, had some women. I can't remember. It's it wasn't been a long bad. time. So it has. Yeah, I. Um, you know, we'll we'll have to see. Maybe that's something high review. Yeah, I've never even thought of a Bruce uh, Lee movie. I've, I've thought of Bruce Lee Roy. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe that's one that we'll do down the line. But um. Yeah, I guess we'll just kind of go ahead and get into it. Uh, I, I had mentioned in the last episode that we'll do two, three, and four because we ran uh, pretty long. I was really surprised when I was editing. I was like, "Holy smokes, over two hours long!" I'm sorry about uh, that. No, 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 no. I, I, I felt, I felt like it was me. Like I just wouldn't shut up because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I went back and listened. You know, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, uh, the, the. the yeah, I don't want to call them tangents because I thought they were really good. Tangents, you know, you just kind of run off, and and um, and maybe sometimes they're just uninteresting. They're just tangents. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt these were kind of like, um, you know, we're talking about something, something would come up, and then be like an intermission. You yeah. know, f- from the movie, and then we just kind of talked, and then I, I had a good time. I just, I know both of us were kind of uh, on on a bit of a time crunch, and and uh I, I was just really surprised. I was like, "Holy cow!" the the, the episode clocked at like two twenty, but you know, I I added a couple, you know, s- some some uh, bumper music and stuff like that. But still, that's still like at least two fifteen of just straight talking, and and I don't know. Uh, I I've heard from one guy. Um, who uh, I don't know how uh, regular of a listener he is, but I am friends with him through a another podcast's uh, group page, Okay. and uh, he actually told me yesterday. He's like, "Oh, hey, I checked out the episode, and um, he, he wants to go back and revisit now because we brought up some some interesting um, observations of the movie that makes him want to go back and kind of check it out."
1: In, in what way? Well, well, like the sort of the
0: homophobia type
1: things that we were do <sighs> or
0: the that's a good question. He didn't specify, um, but th- that that could be it. Actually, you know, um, just just uh, very subtle things like that. Because he he's he's uh, I think he's closer to your age, mm-hmm. and so he was also young, a, a young teen watching it, and it's probably been a really long time for him too. But that's yeah, I, I should probably reach out and just kind of get an idea to see what it was because we touched on so many subjects. Yeah, true. You know, you know from from. Um, uh, you know, all types of prejudice, you know, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of the, uh, the sexism, sexism, yeah. you know, uh, obviously um, racism and uh, homophobia and things like that. But uh, I mean, it's the 80s, you know, and sure. and going back and watching these next three here, uh, they, they definitely toned it down a bit. I think the rest of them are PG yeah. as opposed to the first one being rated R and i think the third one had definitely had some um uh some racial jokes in there i think the other two probably not so much right. but um yeah but the first one let me go ahead and pull up the little uh okay so the first one's called the uh, police Ac- or the first one we're re- reviewing today is the first sequel police academy 2 uh their first assignment which it, which it looks like is uh, rated pg13 in this one i don't remember there being like any nudity in that it's probably just a little bit more uh more of the language i'd imagine sure because this is the one where they actually hit the streets i mean I know there's um one scene where Mahoney sticks the, this balloon down his pants when he goes <laughs> to see a seamstress, you know, I—that's you know—it's it's more funny. I, I don't think that's um, that would raise it to the PG-13. But no. but also, I—the last time I saw this was when we we reviewed the first one because we were supposed to do those two together. Right. So so uh, I I have forgotten some things <laughs> and uh, it was gonna be really painful had I watched this another time to, <laughs> for a review <laughs> after watching three and four also the last few days. You're not that um,
1: dedicated to the show that you're going to have it, it fresh in your it, mouth it, and go back and read. Gosh,
0: I don't know. It, yeah, it was really tough. But I mean, as you know, um, being a parent and still working, it, it was really hard. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys do it, able to fit three movies uh, in a week or even shorter in a week span. Um, oh, so, but yeah, it was it was really tough for me to um, get just these two alone.
1: Three movies would be an easy week if that's all we were watching. I mean, look at Mike's schedule. That guy knocks out sometimes five episodes in a week. So I, I don't know how he does it, honestly. There's times when I'm on two or three episodes, and I – yeah, there's a lot. I, I'm fortunate that I am able to squeeze them in uh, at work sometimes and things like that. So, But other than that, I don't know how he can do it.
0: Yeah, Mike, we're talking about you here. I can imagine him sitting back in his uh, his his spinning office chair there and just kind of like, "Yep, yep." You know, that's uh that's me there. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. It's oh well, he, he doesn't have kids. So uh, I, I would it, it, I envy him sometimes because I used to knock out movies like no other. Um I used to Um, I still subscribe to Netflix, but I only do streaming now. Sure. Uh, I I had movies that would just sit on my coffee table for weeks. And um, ever since the baby was born, you know, who's now two and a half. But prior to him being born, uh, I was able to fit in about, I would say on average, about four movies a week. You know, I had uh, the the three DVD deal and I'd have it set up where when one uh, goes out that day, I'll be receiving one in return. Sure. You know, which I think a lot of people do when they have the the three DVDs. So, I, yeah, I used to do, like, over 100 easily. Um, you know, probably probably a couple hundred, really. But, yeah, I used to watch them just late at night, you know, and no worries. You know, Phoenix, just go to bed, and I wouldn't have to worry about the two-year-old. So, a lot tougher now. So, hopefully, you know, he turns 10 soon, and I wouldn't have to worry <laughs> about that. And I'll go, go back to watching movies and maybe start reviewing some more recent stuff, too. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah so march twenty ninth nineteen eighty five um this came out just a just a few months before um back to the future you know it's really cool, but uh directed by jerry paris um i i didn't look if it's the, uh if it's the same guy did did you do you know by chance if it's the same director um I, I i wanna say it's
1: no he he it's a different director um he okay uh just looking him up right now he apparently did a lot of TV work before this, um, and then he did part three um, the following year after this, back in training. And then he did a movie that I've never heard of called You Again, question mark. And that seems to be the end of his directorial career. Hmm, so, you Again. Yeah, he was kind of a TV guy. Did like Happy Days and stuff like that before it, so okay. I have
0: no kind idea. Of a, kind of an unknown. Um yeah so this one again p g thirteen is probably just for language i am not even going to really pull up the parental guidance because I, I don't feel like there was really anything that kind of um that I remember anyway you know what maybe p g thirteen because I think there was a scene where Mauser uh, was taking a shower and he comes out kind of you know yeah. he 's in the he 's nude and all you see is his 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 ass you know so i i think that's that's probably maybe why we got raised to p g thirteen because I don't think there was any female stuff, was there?
1: No, there's no female stuff in it, but there's uh, there's a lot of sexual content in it. There's a lot of sexual humor in the film, um, as is the case with all of these films. But
0: uh, yeah, yeah, oh, it, yeah, it doesn't have like
1: the uh, the f bombs or anything in this one around, or any uh, frontal nudity.
0: Yeah, pretty pretty subtle. Uh, this one, IMDb says, when a new gang moves into town, it's up to the screwball police team to uh, to stop them. I didn't know they were a new gang. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't yeah, know.
1: That's a good point. I thought it was the same group of people, actually.
0: Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's just because um, we get, cause, okay, so the movie, um, it's really weird. We we get this, we meet Mr. Sweetchuck, who isn't even really a big character in this one. Um, you know, he owns a furniture store, and I don't know, I guess. We meet him because he's kind of our, you know, innocent citizen, and this is how they introduce the gang. Uh, you know, at night he uh, locks up his furniture store and he goes to like, to the ATM. Probably I don't know if he was withdrawing money or depositing money, but this is when we first encounter Zed. You know, who's played <laughs> by uh, Bobcat uh and his goons, and um, I, I really like him uh, in, in in the in the series. Yeah, uh, he's a really good character. Um, so the, this, this gang, they, you know, terrorize a town, according to MDB, it says it's a new gang. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, we do get to meet, um, I think he's a captain Pete Lessard, who is brother to commandant Eric Lassard. Right. Um, now I know, I know I'm familiar with the actor as far as like, uh, like I saw him on screen and I recognized him, but I don't really know the stuff he's done. He, they, is he kind of known for, like, TV roles, you know, offhand?
1: I have no idea. who I, I recognize the face, but beyond that, I'm really not sure who it is. And it's one of those things where I'm watching this movie and thinking I'm going to be watching two more of these after this, and I'm not really spending a lot of time <laughs> researching
0: further than that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did the same thing. I was just like, I'm just going to take my notes. Um, <laughs> and, and I was really going to attempt to... Uh, um, kind of do a little bit more research last night, but uh it was it was valentine 's day you, you know um we <laughs> took the two and a, we took the two and a half year old to uh our uh very first uh monster jam oh okay yeah he just he is infatuated with uh, uh anything with wheels mm-hmm. you know so trains uh monster trucks he loves it um so we took him and oh my god, it is extremely loud i <sighs> Cause you watch it on like YouTube or whatever, and you know it doesn't. But those are like recorded off TV or whatever. Yeah. But but in person, holy smokes, we 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 were we were pretty close to the front, so we were we got in. We're like, wow, very good seats. And then once they all came out, we're like, oh my god, that's that's flipping loud. <laughs> so <laughs> and, it's uh, like
1: a monster truck rally, monster. Yeah. Time?
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, and it's really cool because we, we buy them These Hot Wheels uh, monster trucks You know, they're, yeah. you know, yay ye- size And uh, and They they come in all shapes uh, Well, they come in a lot of different sizes But they seem to be like the same, I don't know Eight or whatever it is, or ten mm-hmm. And it was really cool because we saw all of them live And we had no idea that it was this thing We just thought that they were just uh, You know, different designs That, that they drew from what, whatever reference Yeah But I had yeah, I guess I just never really thought of it, but they're actually like, you know, scaled down models of the actual monster truck drivers and and, and their trucks. Sure. So we have one that's a really good size uh, of this one called Grave Digger, and it's a remote control and everything. So it's really cool looking, and um, uh, apparently that's the fan favorite too. Mm-hmm. And so we got to see that live, and uh, yeah, once they came out, they're just stepping on that gas and like the fumes are blowing the dirt's flying and and it's just extremely loud it's like it's so sharp and loud you really want to just stick your fingers in your ears um so i ran outside i'm like yo you know we need one of those um noise canceling here headphones yeah 25 dollars, man that's how they get you um well a a quick question for you
1: yeah you took you you took your (laughs) wife last night on valentine's day to a monster truck rally
0: oh yeah are you still married today I, I am. <laughs> See, here's the thing. We we've talked about it. Okay, um, in a couple months, we'll actually be our uh, 13th anniversary of being together. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, oh, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, you can ask her. <laughs> I'm a handful. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the w- we we've come to a point where there are certain um, holidays or occasions that we won't. Really separate. Uh, I mean, cel- uh, celebrate uh, depending on kind of what's going on at that time and things like that. So it's it's not like okay, hey, Valentine's. We're not gonna really celebrate anymore. It's just it's something. If so, so like yesterday, the Monster Jam uh, was on Valentine's Day, which is kind of weird. But it's it's a weekend, and I'm sure that's just scheduling. It just ha- that just happens, right? Right. And you know, we we just know how much. Uh, uh, Preston, he's the baby we know how much he just loves cars and and, and wheels and monster trucks and all that and we we just go, you know why don't we take him to that, we've never gone it'd be kind of cool when Phoenix was younger he was uh, really big into dinosaurs, Mm -hmm. you know Land Before Time uh, the dinosaur movie that came out in 2000, which is also the year he was born. So when when he was young, we took him to the um, wa- uh, what was it, Walk with the Dinosaurs or whatever yeah, walk, it's called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we took him to that. So with Preston, we're like, well, he loves cars. Let's do it. And we just won't do anything for Valentine's Day. And we, and we said that that would be um, a gift in itself to see the expression on his face when he sees these cars. So, so that, that was was it our that Valentine's two together. The, the what was that.
1: Did he have that expression? Was he blown away?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, I think she took more pictures of his face than like uh, like him looking at the cars and stuff like that, which is kind of hard. But we brought the uh, we brought the camcorder. We were using our phones, and uh, he's the type that when we're out in public, you gotta and and I feel bad for saying this, but we have to pull out the phone or whatever to to kind of like you know um, to keep him calm, you know, so he's not running amok or, or trying to climb all over the chairs and things like that. But he, he was, he, he sat there, whether it's in our lap or in the seat and he was really engaged. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he would look at us and he'd be like too loud, you know? And <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah, he, he's, uh, he, he really enjoyed it. And, and we, um, you know, she was just kept on hugging up on him, kissing him in the back of the head. And, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, she she was in a happy place, you know. So sure. it was really nice uh you know to see. And and she's not like that either. She's never like, "Oh, I expect, you know, something on Valentine's Day." I got her just a card. Right. You know, and and um I I had Preston um draw in it and all he did was circle like all the hearts that were printed. <laughs> yeah. So so he didn't even like draw but yeah, you know, so so I had him take up like three pages and I I wrote in a small little part and you know, I I just um Made it a point. Hey, uh, I'm glad after all these years. Blah blah. blah. You know, it was. I try to make it as sincere, but and not seem that I was just getting a card uh, just to get a card. Right. You know, and and she called me while I was at work. She you know thanked me for the card, and she started asking about the like um, pressing drawing on it and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, she's, that's why I feel like, um, some of the older guys I work with, they always joke with me cause some of them are on their like second marriage and stuff. Yeah. And, and so when they hear things like that where uh, I'm talking about like, oh yeah, cause they, they plan the dinners They they're always ta- uh, giving each other ideas for gifts and they ask me cause I'm a young guy and they're like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get her a card. We're going to like the monster jam. They're like, you're going to go to the monster, you know, things like that. Like, well, it, we can do that, though. That's, that's, that's our marriage. That's, yeah. that's how we are. You know, I, um, she didn't get me anything, but I also asked her not to get me anything. Right. And, and actually, we were at uh, Target one day, and I saw the uh, Reaction figurines. You know, they got the Back to the Future ones. Oh, sure. I don't know if you've okay. seen them. Yeah, yeah. They're probably about, I don't know, five inches tall, and they had Doc and Marty, and those were only two left. Uh, and anyone that are familiar with those figurines, it also comes with uh, Biff and George. Okay. And uh, and I t- and I grabbed them for myself. And, and I go, hey, honey, I'm gonna uh, go in a different lane. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy these. You know, and I, I didn't want to use like our our uh, you know joint account to buy these. And then she goes, no, just just throw it in. That'll be your Valentine's gift. I'm go, Well, hey, fine with me. So so that was my Valentine's gift, even though I I basically paid for it myself. Nice. So. Yeah, so that's just how we are. We we don't have to do anything big and fancy. We just feel like we've been together for so long now. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think the really the big ones, even like birthdays, um, we kind of we kind of plan our own birthdays because like uh, she's got her friends, obviously. I got mine, and uh, usually her friends may want to do something with her. They always like coordinate because everyone's got families now, you know. So they always kind of plan things out. And so I, I let her, I, I don't, we don't do a whole lot of surprising for each other anymore because we don't want to screw up any other plans with other people. So like the birthdays, we kind of do our own thing and then we do it together. But the, the anniversary, that's the one where we kind of like, okay, you know, where are we going to go to dinner? Oh, what well, what's on Groupon? <laughs> you know, so that so that's, that's the biggest planning it, It's really an anniversaries. And we actually kind of do both the, um, the anniversary of how long we've been together and then also our, our wedding. But I, I think. The, the The bigger one is is the how long we've been together, really just yeah, just because we feel like um we just feel like I, I don't want to speak for her, but for me we we've been married uh what is it two thousand and fifteen now, so a little over four years, right. and um anybody can get married. But how how many people at, like, our age, you know, her and I, we're about to turn 32, mm-hmm. like, can say that, well, we've been together for 13 years now, you know? Sure. So I, I think it's a pretty a big milestone for us, and that's why I think that that's bigger to us, to how long we've been together, considering, like, all the um, – how many times I had to leave for the Army, you know? Yeah. So, so she has stuck with me uh, all those times, too. So uh, that's the bigger thing, because it, while – after we got married people were just like well what took so long and and since then nothing's really changed really except for that you know oh my wife my husband that that's yeah. really and, and then and then we had a baby after that so you know nothing's really changed we we we've had the house prior to that you know and we were working the jobs we do now yeah so that's really it holy cow how 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 did we get <laughs> Uh, That's what happens, man. Right? You should you should consider
1: just moving the podcast into more of a conversation than covering specific movies. Just use it as a yeah. starting off point, and then just go with it and have fun with it.
0: Yeah, I've thought I've thought about that, but like, um, I, it just it sounds like, um, it sounds like it, it would be tough just you know doing your research and trying to find people to come on and talk to. You know, you'd, you'd be amazed.
1: I, just go on, yeah. just go on Twitter and start hitting people up. They'll come on and talk to you.
0: Yeah, because I've been told that before by uh, uh, a Brandon. Little shout out to Ber- uh, Brandon Hargrove of the uh, Hargrove uh, Internet Radio Podcast. He he's actually um, when I'm early on in my uh, short career as a podcaster here. He was just like, "Hey, that's something you should do. You you and Phoenix should do that. You know, just just talk." Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, "I don't know." You, you know, like, yeah. It- is, is there much to say to to your, your teenage son weekly? You know what I mean. Like yes. Obviously, we can do guests. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you're you're probably right, but I don't know. Our our passion is movies, and and I just thought that was like an extremely cool concept. Mm-hmm. Is um, two different generations revisiting older movies. It's a great know? concept. And I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. No, thank you. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I haven't heard anyone else uh, do anything like it. Um, and and I think uh, since I've done it, uh, a couple of my other podcasting friends have gotten their kids to come do a couple of episodes too. So that's kind sure. of cool to hear other kids. So um, and, and I, I just hope like um, like to my podcasting friends that are listening, I, I don't want anybody to feel discouraged to not do that just because I'm doing it, too. Like, it's it's not patented, right. you know? Um, you got kids? They want to talk? Man, put, put them on your show, because I want to hear it, too, you know? Uh, uh, just think of it as, like, me starting a trend. You know, I'm not trying to say, oh, this is mine, and I'm not going to get butt hurt if anyone does it. So um, cause I feel like maybe some people might feel that way, don't want to do it. So, uh, you know, when your son starts talking... I mean, I'm he's four. My he he son, son's
1: four. He'll be five in June. He's been talking for a yeah. little while.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't mean that, but like once he can, you know, maybe start, uh, uh, you know, his observation skills and stuff like that. Maybe he can sit down with you too. Maybe uh, do some Disney movies, and that might be, be kind of cool. Yeah. He, know, he, he, so.
1: I mean, I could probably get him to talk for about thirty seconds about Big Hero Six, and that'd be the extent of it.
0: Hey, that'd be uh, like a pretty. Good uh, episode of download too. Just a cu- couple minutes to to hear a four year old talk about big hero six. <laughs> that might be something right there. I I, I have noticed that my uh, shorter episodes um, have the the most downloads, but those are also like the uh, instant reviews where we came out of the theater and started recording in the car. Sure, you know, and, and those were kind of like, uh, did I recommend it? Did I not? So, and so I I know that's the thing that people kind of like too. But I, I still prefer this. Um, this uh, you know, "quote unquote" in-depth review. Sure. You know, I I kind of like those too. Um, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into uh, other more tangents. So we'll kind of just go over this a little bit here. Um, uh, so precinct sixteen. That's where Captain Lescar works. I don't know if I had mentioned that. Okay. Um, it, it it does. Uh, I guess it's the worst in the city, and they don't really say how. Uh, it is the worst i don 't know if it 's performance wise or whatever, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of old and tired officers that that are still just left there um so this um the chief from i think he was from part one as well right yes. yeah because he yeah. he 's the one who yeah yeah he 's the one who wanted uh, uh commandant Lassard to kind of weave out the uh, the bad apples well, he goes to see Captain Lessard here at this precinct and gives him thirty days to um kind of shape up basically. And uh, uh, the captain there, he requests that he uh, get a dozen new men um, so they can try to, I don't know, not really beef up their precinct, but just kind of better it. Uh, but he's only given six. So kind of kind of on his last, I don't know what that expression is, on his last thread or whatever. His last whatever. Last leg, that's a good one. You know, speaking of expressions, <laughs> I was listening I was listening to an episode of your guys's and uh I forgot who said it. Um I wanna say maybe it was Shane, but one of the guys they said the word that I was fishing for in the first episode where um I was talking about uh I think I was talking about blanks and copeland. Mm, it was somebody where okay, the word I was looking for was friction. Oh, okay. And, and I'm trying to remember what it was I was talking about, but I know it was talking about the, not Mahoney, but the other cops, you know, Hightower or whatever. Then uh, I wanted to see a little bit more friction with them. And I don't know if it's this other person or this other group of people that we didn't see. And that's, that's what I was looking for. Um, so I don't know if it was like with Blanks and Copeland. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe okay. I wanted to see friction with, uh, with them a little bit more. Who was the baddie in that one? In part one, yeah, there was really no baddie. i mean it, it, was, it's the it's Harris
1: yeah the Harris is about it is the closest I, thing
0: so i don't I don't think it was Harris. it, it might have been copeland and 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 like, No, yeah, you were right. t- yeah you
1: were talking about them needing to be more for yes you were that's what you were talking about yeah, I remember <laughs> that. yeah,
0: because um because uh they were they were made squad leaders mm-hmm. and and uh Mahoney kept on getting punished for all these you know petty things he was doing and and that's where i wanted to see because when you are not liked and put into a leadership role uh w- with my experience at least uh there's usually friction you know and and i would have liked to see and and that would just be character development really you know i wanted to see uh you know some friction with the other cadets at that time you know with uh, these newly made um uh, squad leaders who uh think they can do whatever they want i guess right. so so there we go. I, I learn something from War Machine vs. War Horse every day.
1: And of course it's from Shane. That makes
0: yeah, sense. Yeah, so. sure. <laughs> well, I learned a little bit of uh, something from each and one of you, so <laughs> it's, it's always a great listen. Thank you. Um, and let's see here. So, I, I don't know how the police thing works, but uh, uh, Captain Lissard, he calls his brother at the academy, says, hey, you know, I, I need some new people, and his brother sends uh, Mahoney Hooks uh, Hightower, Tackleberry, who else? Callahan's not in this one. Right. Which, yeah, this I, I believe this is the only one she's not in. Uh, and Fackler. Uh, who who can forget Fackler? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and w- where is everybody at this time? It's kind of weird. So uh, this movie, it's about their first assignment. So since their graduation from the Academy, now we see uh, Tackleberry. He is a traffic guard at a school right or something so he's directing traffic uh he, and this is one of the scenes i do remember as a kid where this mom's trying to get her son uh to go into the uh to the school and he kind of locks himself in the car locks her out and then Tac he pulls out some kind of smoke no well he pulls out a gun with uh i guess the round has like smoke in it or something something or, like what? that yeah yeah, so he shoots that into the car, and, uh, you know, the kid comes out because the, the car just starts... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's tear gas, but some kind of smoke uh, goes off in the car, and he goes to school. So I, I remember that uh, as a kid. Did you remember that? At oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it is really funny because, like, um, like four, I, like, vaguely remembered, and, you know, we'll we'll obviously get there, but I think there was maybe like one scene that I, I actually remembered and I had no idea it was in four. See,
1: it's the exact opposite from me, for me rather, um, where as the movies go along, I remember them better. Um, uh, hmm. please. The first one is the one I remember the least. And then as it goes on two, three and four is the absolute one I watch the most that I remember the most.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And that I
1: still to this day enjoy the most.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that a little bit more at the end. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. You say that, um, Okay, and then, let's see, Jones, uh, I guess he's on lunch. He's probably at, at a mall or something like that. And I guess this is how he spends his time. Um, there's a, a snobby couple that's sitting next to him. And I, I don't know what they're talking about, but as they're eating, he's, like, making sound effects. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like one guy eats the fry, and then Jones does the squishy fry-eating sound. It's it's super funny stuff, but I yeah still find it hard to believe that this couple of things <laughs> that those sounds are coming from them and uh i got a little something to say about part 4 also with something like that um missy tackleberry hooks they show up uh hooks i i have found that in all these movies her uh in, you know her reintroduction so to speak is isn't is very I, I guess that kind of shows how they feel about her character. Like, we're gonna have you in here because you do the thing with the voice, and people like that. I guess, but they're not. They they don't give her anything to do in these movies. No. you know. So it's it's very unfortunate because I, I I like her, uh, and and she starts off really good in the in the the third one too uh, because because remember how you you had mentioned that uh er every uh installment of this there's that crescendo of her using the voice and then at the end she uses the big voice but she gives it to you early on in the beginning of of the part three um
1: i guess that's the closest thing they can do to messing with expectations and the character is just changing the order of the arc at that point yeah but then she still goes back into the voice so it's not this is now growth in the character
0: no, no, you're absolutely right. I, it, she shows no growth, really. Uh, you, up and down with the voices, and and that's really it. It's just a side character like Fackler. What does he bring? I mean, he's just he's just um, kind of um, just uh, clumsy, you know, accident yeah. prone. You know that that that's really it. So I mean, just more um, um, more comedy from him because he, he 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 never has any big scenes. It's always like these little things that he causes or things that he does. Uh, so Mauser, he's our new, um, I guess, uh, villain, I guess you can say he kind of kind of replaces the Lieutenant Harris role. And he's um, just the antagonist of the film. Yeah. And, and so he has a, uh, like a, a second right-hand man, I guess you can call him, um, <laughs> Proctor. I, I don't know if he, does he have a rank in this one? I, I, I didn't write down his rank. Oh, I uh, have,
1: I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Whatsoever.
0: And And the reason uh, I'm questioning that now is because uh I think they got the um the continuity wrong between three and four, but I, have, I I have an explanation, oh okay, well we yeah, we can get into it uh in part three, I'm almost certain he's a captain. I'll have to review my notes when I pull up um, part three, but i uh, I think he's a captain in part three, and then four, he goes back to being a lieutenant, so a captain is the next step up. Uh, but it's Proctor. He could have got knocked back down, you know. So, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, they got that wrong. And I'm like, well, it's Proctor. Maybe he got uh, demoted to a lieutenant. But mm-hmm. then I was like, well, how did he get promoted to captain in the first place? <laughs> um, and then, you know, if you work for for Mauser, who also got promoted uh, in in a sequel, that that could very well be what it is. So I don't know how the promotion works in the um, police force, obviously. But right. as for uh, at least with the army. Um, there 's you know promotional points you know you, you you put together a packet and then you include all these uh merits you 've earned awards uh you know your your physical uh training test that you take you know all the you know the push ups sit ups and running all of those you know the higher the score the better it looks you know and, and all of that and you get points for all of that and you submit that and, and you get your promotion based off of that and if other people have more points than you, then you may have to wait out so it it all depends so it i don 't know if police force is just like time and rank and then you just advance which doesn't Uh, sound like be smart i'm gonna go ahead
1: and throw it out there this might not be any sort of template that you should use to have any idea of what happens in police work at all in reality (laughs) on any level whatsoever be it the ranks the training anything so the way promotions work i don't think they did any research on this whatsoever i'm pretty sure the people who wrote this have no idea what the rankings are they just threw up things they heard
0: yeah, I, I just think it's really funny. So hopefully, hopefully, like people, you know, kind of scratch their head, like you know, he's right, and maybe go back and, and kind of look for those things. But uh, I, I wonder if they sat there and be like, "Hey, what was Proctor in the last one?" I don't know, the captain. Yeah, let's go with that, <laughs> because like, because uh, it, it seems like they just want to make sure that. Okay, so Proctor, if he's working for Mauser, they, they they probably shouldn't be the same rank. Is probably the way they're looking at it. So if Mauser is a captain, they're they're gonna make Proctor the next one down, which would be a, um, a lieutenant. And then right. in, in three, Mauser is a commandant because then you got you know, and obviously we'll get to uh, you know what goes on in there. But uh, Proctor is a uh, captain there. So so I I, I kind of see maybe where they were. Maybe going, just but... going one step down each time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. So they should have just kept him lieutenant, but you know, who who was keeping track, really, right? So, uh, so let <laughs> me see. We got the scene, yeah, the, the scene I had mentioned earlier Mahoney goes to the Seamstress, uh, because I, I guess, uh, he had been doing, uh, that like Beach Patrol, I suppose, right. which uh, I think ends up being one of the later sequels, too, without him. Um, this yeah, uh,
1: the be... mission to Miami? No, Moscow, Miami or something.
0: Miami, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I lost track really after Gutenberg left because after all of those, most of like the you know quote unquote fan favorites like Zed, you know, stopped after right. after four. Mahoney stopped after four. Uh, I think only Callahan, Jones, and Tackleberry and coming out of the were the only ones to be in almost all of them. Callahan, the exception of this one that we're talking about now. But um, well, I they, think what's
1: uh, Proctor does continue to show up throughout the rest of them. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, excited. does he? Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, but must have not had anything else going on. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I read somewhere that uh, because the seamstress wasn't she Julie Brown? Did, did you recognize her at all? Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: I I didn't catch it. If it was like Downtown Julie Brown or the other Julie Brown.
0: Uh, the the MTV. Well, I guess they were both MTV, huh? The redhead. The redhead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Earth Girls are easy. Julie Brown. Yeah, there you uh, go. I did not catch that. No. Okay, because I, I think I read somewhere that, uh, or obviously in the IMDb trivia, that uh, her role was supposed to be a lot bigger, and they they cut it all out except for that one scene with Mahoney, and I guess she was supposed to be the love interest. Um, really, which kind of makes sense. Uh, wait, no, no, yeah, it makes sense because he doesn't have a love interest in this one, right?
1: Um, no, he doesn't and yeah in yeah, part two no he does not have a love interest in that right one.
0: so so that kind of made sense because he didn't have one and and so i guess she was supposed to be it but her yeah her roles got um uh, or her screen time had got cut down just to that one scene which she, she was pretty upset about uh so i'm not i don't remember where i was going maybe that's all i was you know going to mention that I, I guess that was her but i, I didn't even recognize her right um so Mahoney is, uh, yeah, he, he's been doing beach patrol, and he went to see the seamstress because, uh, I don't know if this was regulation or not, but, yeah, he had, like, cut off, uh, he had the, the arms cut off of, of mm-hmm. his actual shirt, and then he was wearing shorts. I don't know if they were actual shorts, but he cut the shorts out, too. Uh, and I think, was it Mauser told him? Well, I guess, you know, if, if you're coming on your first assignment, you want to be wearing the proper uniform. I don't sure. remember if he was actually sent there or whatever. Uh, Fackler is partnered up with uh, this. Um, it, it seems that most of them are partnered up with somebody older, and that just kind of shows that the um, precinct 16. You know, we had mentioned that like a lot of these people are older and not as high speed as you know um, maybe a a good precinct is. Uh, and this is kind of a a continuing storyline too with uh, the. The, I guess what surrounds this group of officers, whether it's precinct 16 or even at the academy, it, it just sounds like the citizens just seem to hate their police force. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and that's why like when we get to part four, they actually uh, uh, incorporate them into the story too. But uh, at least for two and three, it just seems like they're, they're always talking about how the public hates them. Um. And so, Captain, yeah, Captain Lassard. He wants to build a better image for his precinct, especially, uh, and you know they. Um, his brother, you know, gives them an idea to start a, uh, a police fair. You know, something that can bring the citizens in and get to I don't know. I guess meet meet the cops and um, and I don't know. I what do you think that was all about? Uh, you know, the the fair. I, I know that I probably touched on it. Did you have any other thoughts as to like? how, you know, if that would even be effective, or...
1: I, I don't think that any of Lassard's ideas would be effective. <laughs> or and, in fact, like, the one thing that, about these films, when you go back and see them now, is that Harris is right. That Lassard is a jackass. Every one of his ideas is terrible, and he should not have the position that he has. Right. And, and getting into the reality of the film also, I'm pretty sure that the police academy doesn't, like, uh, take any of these programs out. Uh, they're, as far as i know they're just in charge of training officers that's what they do they're not actually handling any of these types of situations at all
0: yeah i wonder what that says about uh captain pete lassard you know going to his brother uh for help and and let's talk about pete a little bit here he actually he's the only one that is like the the who thinks he's in, like, a, I don't know, like a like a crime drama? Or right. I mean, I know he delivers, like, a, a couple of lines here and there, but for the most part, this guy plays it as straight as they go, uh, you know, compared to the other characters. Uh, he's the only one that's really serious about anything, and um, it, it does seem important to the character, at least, that, that he is trying to uh, make his precinct better, but I did read that the actor himself... Um, uh, didn't uh refused to come back for any of the sequels because he just hated that sequel <laughs> he did not like that movie and and now kind of like thinking about it i i guess it kind of shows because like like i had just mentioned he he was trying to be serious that entire time like uh, yeah. I, I guess he may maybe he was the only one who didn't know what that movie was really about <laughs> uh, perhaps he didn't see the first one <laughs> you know um it's it's unfortunate, but you know it, I'm fine that he didn't come back. Um, I don't know why he had to even be the brother. I don't know. Maybe, I, I guess I'd know why because you, you want them to interact. You want him to call the police academy and see if um, uh, Commandant could uh, you know refer you know some of his pupils. Yeah, <laughs> and and I like how you call them. A jackass because like he's like yeah let me send you my best guys let me call Mahoney sure Jones <laughs> Fackler of all people I mean if anything he should have been like Hightower and Tackleberry you know if you really want some you know some good guys yeah. like the, the the other ones I mean at least Mahoney's you know he at least he he's trying to play the part now you know he's not trying to get out of being a cop um, uh, and I guess he had he had, he hasn't really needed the change. Um, but Mahoney in these next movies, it's uh, yeah he just he doesn't change and there's really no, well what's the other word that's kind of like an obstacle. Um, he doesn't. I mean it, it's a comedy. I, I know I'm really <laughs> like getting too much into it, but uh, I just feel like this this particular one this um, their first assignment I felt like it was a bunch of just deleted scenes from the first one that didn't make it, you know, where they're out in the street and they just threw it into this one because I just, I did not find very many things funny. For example, there's a scene where Fackler goes uh, him and his partner, they pull up to a gas station and he goes up to the gas attendant you know, and it's all you know, um, I don't think I, I think there were bars on the window and stuff yeah. and and he asks, his, uh, he asks to use the restroom and the guy gives him this really big, um what is that block called? The cinder block. Uh, cinder block. Yeah. So that is attached to the key, and he carries the cinder block to the bathroom. Like, okay. So I get it was supposed to be funny, but it was so not funny, and I don't understand what, why that was even there. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that should have been a deleted scene somewhere, and it probably was, and they threw it in. Like. Well, we ran out of footage. Let's throw this in here because <laughs> I, it just it it it, it did nothing. Uh, it did not further the story in any way, and I didn't find it funny. But somebody obviously did.
1: Did you think it was funny when you were a kid, though?
0: I don't remember.
2: <laughs> I, I don't. Mean,
1: it, it's that, that particular joke. You've I've seen versions of that in at least a dozen movies. Sure. Where somebody goes to the bathroom and they ask for the key, and it's something absurd. Oh um, yeah. A some that they you know have to trot through there. I don't know if this is the first movie to get to that well or not. Um, <laughs> if they were the first ones to make that particular joke that now, of course, it seems tired and dated and it should be a deleted scene or an afterthought. Um, but I I mean, at the time, it was probably funny, I guess. I, I don't know. It's hard. Comedy is a hard one to judge, you know, 20, 30 years afterwards because things date very quickly with that. yeah.
0: And I don't know. I, I just I just felt like that, it, it made me feel some type of way because I was just, I was just like, what the hell is it? Well, because I don't know. I don't know if it's the directing or the actor, but it just, it, well, obviously yeah, as an adult, it didn't work for me. I'll, I'll have to get maybe, um, I think Phoenix might even think it's stupid. But if you, you are talking about a movie from the mid-80s. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm going to need somebody to email in and tell me if they thought that was funny. So no <laughs> they're not going to if they're you not find somebody
1: wait. this is the first movie they've ever seen they might think it's hilarious but if you've yeah. seen other movies then no it's not gonna be
0: that uh, funny oh gosh I And mean, uh. if there's
1: somebody out there more power to you, uh that's fantastic they were able to find so much joy in what i thought was kind of a stupid gag that's yeah fantastic for you
0: yeah and, and there's a lot of those the, those stupid gags um let's get into a, l- a little bit about some of these new partners uh uh mahoney gets uh set up with a guy named uh, Stolman, uh um and he's a complete slob yeah, you know yeah. he kind of kind of reminds me of jonah hill a little bit you know or, or could in a sense physically you know maybe okay. maybe from super bad i guess um not so much now he's lost some weight i guess but yeah this guy his his uh, his apartment's just he's he looks like he's a bit of a hoarder he doesn't um he doesn't probably doesn't have a dishwasher or a sink <laughs> you know he's just got dishes and everything everywhere so he Mahoney set up with this guy uh Tackleberry here gets set up with the female who he did not know was until she took off her helmet to reveal her long locks I guess um so uh Tackleberry here falls in love with her uh uses the uh, L-O-V-E with Mahoney he even goes to Mahoney for um you know for advice and yeah. you know this is where we find out that yeah, um, Taco Bear's twenty-eight. You know, looks a little bit older, but uh, and also he is still a virgin, and and that's something that we kind of touched on in the first episode too, because we were talking about recasting, and and uh, uh, you had mentioned Ch- uh, Channing Tatum, and I was like, mm, yeah, not so innocent. Um, uh, who else was here? Sweet Chuck? No, he wasn't. Uh, that, that was the next one. Um, I'm just going through my notes because I know there's not a whole lot to talk about here at all. Um, I guess we can, well, how about some of the scenes with, uh, Mauser and Proctor? Um, so obviously the, uh, Mauser has been the antagonist of the entire movie. Uh, just like Harris, you know, the, the officers, they don't like him. Uh, there's one scene that I, I kind of touched on briefly earlier that, uh, um, Mauser, he sends Mahoney and Stolman, I, I think that's his name. They he sends them to go do like pull some kind of guard duty in a tunnel, I guess. Oh yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh in in um retaliation, Mahoney, he um while Mauser is showering, Mahoney switches out the shampoo with, what, what was it, crazy glue or some, some type of super glue, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, it was Tackleberry's glue. Uh, it was like rubber glue, maybe, and, and a quick drying. So he replaces that. Mauser gets his finger stuck in his hair, and uh, uh, I really like the to scene, too, because I, I forgot about Jones, but Jones uh, uh, imitates uh, Stolman's dog. You know who I guess Mauser does not like. So Mauser's got you know shampoo in his eyes; he can't see. He's got his fingers glued to his hair, and right. um, so Jones chases him out of the locker room. You know, uh, imitating a dog, a dog. You know that is um, charging him out. So he goes out, and then like there's all these people outside in the um, lobby. I think, I think uh, Lassard. He's isn't he with like some kind of committee that's like maybe, yes. yeah. yeah, and they're kind of keeping an eye on him to make sure you know that. Uh, You know, hopefully things are going as planned for his sake, at least. And uh, so it's just another one of these things that uh, these people are like, okay, well, this precinct doesn't look like they're doing much because you got your captain out here in the nude. Um, So that that was a that was a fun scene, I guess. You know, that wasn't too bad, really. But I I do remember that one uh, as a kid. Uh, Did you have any thoughts on that one? No,
1: no, no. no. It's just the uh, when the best thing uh, we can say about a film is I (laughs) guess that scene wasn't too bad. I kind of remember it from when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> they, they might put that on the box art of the Blu-ray edition.
0: Yeah, that'd be a funny one. I mean, because I, I, I did like uh, Jones, uh, you know, barking at him, you know, like, like a dog. That was, yeah. that was a pretty good one. Because um, cause, uh, after the first movie, I obviously started trying to like um, sit there and really listen to some of the sound effects. to trying to see like which one might be you know, uh, organic or one that might be, uh, like an actual effects. Uh, I don't know if you caught any, but I think that for the most part, they all seem pretty good except for like, I don't know, some of the, the, you know, gunshots and stuff like that still sound, um, like actual 80 sound effects, you know, especially in the fourth one, which, uh, sounds like, uh, one of your favorites there that we'll get to. Um, do you have any other scenes that stuck out for you? Before we From this, wrap up, I mean, one.
1: no, and I, I think that's the case with all these films. Um, I watched this when we were going to do the film with Police Academy One a couple right. of weeks ago, um, and honestly, it's so much of this has already slipped away. Um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't take down notes like you oh, did. On, okay. I was just coming down and just going to talk about it the next day, yeah. and we ended up going so long. And now it's these movies, they're cotton candy. They don't have yeah. any real nourishment, they disappear as soon as you have them. So.
0: Oh, I, I like that. Um I did miss one part here. Uh so apparently Jones knows karate, which I don't think we got that from the first movie at all. So he happened to be wandering around and uh some Asian man, probably Japanese, uh I, I think was being robbed or something. Yes. And so so Jones, he you know, he uh he has to get over this fence. So he backs up, gives himself a little running, you know, so he can get momentum to do some kind of uh, this ninja type jump over the fence, and then he takes out. Was it two guys? Sounds right? something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes out two guys while the Japanese man stands there, and he's amused. Uh, I wonder. You know what? This actually. Yeah, this came out a few days. Let me see. Let me look at the dates again. I I want to say this came out about the, the the same time as um um. Actually, this came out a week after the last dragon very gorgeous oh, okay. yeah because because you know we were just mentioning that earlier and i yeah. i think last dragon came out the 22nd of march and this came out the 29th so that's a week so that's this probably came out a week right after so i i don't i was, I was gonna say maybe last dragon might have influenced this one but i, I highly doubt it now um, well yeah it
1: wouldn't have been possible to have had that made i mean they were yeah. being made at the same time so
0: because I, I was thinking maybe they're like Wait, well, Jones Jones is black. Maybe we could do something like The Last Dragon. I don't know. Yeah. Um, very interesting. But yeah, what did you think of that scene? Did that work for you at all? Um, did maybe when you're younger? Yeah, you find, when you're young, cause, that's fun. It's fine. Cause, yeah, because yeah, uh, I know it's supposed to be like cool, you know. Yeah, I that, mean
1: these these movies without the the more sexual content and some of the language. A lot of it's slapstick and the kind of stuff that it's not. It, it's a more bass or low guttural version of Chaplin, you know it's that kind of humor it's all visual in that sense and so it I fits right in with that kind of stuff and i think that if it wasn't for those um more pg-13 moments i, I would feel really comfortable with a lot of the psych gags my son's seeing and he's four yeah.
0: so he would
1: i think he would get a kick out of them yeah so just to like show individual scenes and i think they would work for him
0: you know, um, just looking over my notes, I'm a little bit surprised, like, how often I wrote down Sweet Chuck. Uh, it's really weird because, um, obviously, this isn't a Police Academy movie without some kind of appearance inside the Blue Oyster. Sure. Uh, yeah, so later on during their, you know, quote-unquote first assignment, which, um, uh, what was it? Because I know the Academy, that's that's when they had that riot. What, what mm-hmm. was their first assignment? In, oh. Um,
1: it's the same thing with the, the, it's another gang in this, isn't it?
0: Oh, that's right, Zed's gang. Yeah, yeah. The, the the whole thing at the old zoo—not the new zoo, but the old zoo. Yes. <laughs> um, but somewhere, uh, when Zed's um, uh, a gang is you know running amok, uh, uh, Sweet Chuck gets chased into the Blue Oyster, and I think is this the one where a high tower goes in there after everyone's uh, you know, called for backup, and then he comes out one by one, bringing out like all these bad guys, and he stacks them up really high. Right. Uh, yeah, because the whole
1: gang gets captured there. Right.
0: Right. So like, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, after Hightower saves the day inside the blue oyster, he's surrounded by all those gay men that are just looking up at him. <laughs> yeah. So that worked. I thought that was very funny. You know, uh, <laughs> Towers this big old you know guy. Then you got a bunch of uh, gay men just surrounding him. You know, uh, I guess thanking him for for uh, you know kicking out all these bad guys. Sure. Um, do you want to talk about Zed a little bit and uh, cuz uh um I, I haven't really gone over him um you know let's kind of get into the the end of it uh, also where Mahoney uh him and Lasard uh Captain Lasard that is they uh come up with this plan to um to uh have Mahoney go undercover as one of the scullions uh which is apparently Zed's uh, gang uh and um so they go to Zed's hideout and we, what did you think of the, the scene where Zed's sitting in this car watching this, uh, this TV show um, and he's kind of in tears because it's a really sad scene.
1: That's sort of the, uh, the character throughout these films is uh, with Bobcat Goldthwait with Zed is it's this contradiction of the gang thug leader and he's really sensitive and he'll cry at poetry as we see in a later film and he'll, um, he's really affected, but then he'll shoot down that emotion immediately with an act of violence or rage because he's not comfortable with having that big, of, you know, heart. And it's very broad and slapsticky, the character. Um, I was a fan of Bobcat's stand-up. And okay. so I always liked him. And it was this is the part where I started enjoying the films more. And it was specifically because of him. He was the main reason that I liked watching these movies. Um, yeah. And it was that goofy voice and all that stuff. So yeah. And that scenes in particular where he does have that turn. um, I, I loved that. And that was the standout of the film for me when I was a kid. That was the moment that like really cracked me up. So I always thought that was
2: hilarious.
0: Yeah, I, I find him funny. I don't know him for his stand-up at all. Um, I do know him mostly from these movies. Uh, if he's had, uh, obviously, he's had roles uh, roles in other movies, but I don't, I don't know. Well, he's him also from those. he's also a director. Yes, I love uh, World's Greatest Dad. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's one of my uh, favorite Robin Williams movies. And uh, um, actually, after uh, Robin Williams passed, uh, that was uh, a lot of movies of his were on Netflix. Yeah. And I, I remembered enjoying World's Greatest Dad and I remember it being funny and um you know, I put it on and, and my wife actually watched it with me and then during the credit scene when I saw it, that it was written and directed by Bob Cat Goldthwait, I was just like, Wait what? You know, and I had not remembered and then watching it through I just forgot how like dark and funny it was. Yeah. And and I enjoyed it much more that, that more uh, much uh, recent viewing. Um, well, he, he was a
1: stand-up really young. And he's probably a lot younger in this movie than you think. Um, so he, just because of his hairline, I think people thought he was older than he actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, he had that character, the Bobcat character that he was doing uh, on stage. And he still does stand-up now. But the films that he's directed, like Shakes the Clown, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's really good. I, I know uh, the Will- title. Willow Creek that came out last year. Um, he's done he's done a ton of movies. Um there was one that's called Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, which is just dark. That okay. is a dark, dark comedy. Um it worried as dad is dark, not nearly as dark
2: as Oh wow. But
1: sweet in a weird way. Yeah. So yeah, there's a sense of it's a kinda I guess sort of like the Zed character in that sense that it's a dark, <laughs> dark place, but it's uh there's a real sweetness to it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Deep down inside you know, it's, it's sweet.
1: And the thing is, if after this, look it up and see what I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay, I I think you'll. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, to anybody, I would recommend not reading up on it. Just go out and watch a movie if you can find it called "Let Sleeping Dogs Lie." Um, It, yeah, it's fucked up.
0: So, yeah, I, I, um. I I haven't uh, really watched a whole lot uh, of, uh, like, any of the recommendations I've heard you mention, but, like, the way you talk about them makes me want to check it out. Uh, recently, I listened to the episode you uh, appeared on on uh, Let's Chat podcast. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And, and so um, I, I don't uh, – R- Revel's the host, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, see, so I, I don't know him, but him and I, we actually tweet with each other. Yeah. that's funny thing so um and so uh, your episode that you were on that's the only one i've actually checked out and i really enjoyed that uh, um that one uh, listening to you guys talk oh, and you. uh you sold me on like checking out blue ruin which i have not seen but like you talking about it and the way you talked about it and what you said i was like i i need to check that out that that's, <laughs> that's that sounds really solid you know i was walking around target looking for a valentine's day card i'm like oh that's this, that sounds like something i might uh enjoy you know so i i
1: love it and i hope i don't uh, steer you in the wrong direction so okay. it's a good look though I, I i really enjoy that one
0: yeah it'll be interesting i mean just cuz like what well, what you talk about uh, i mean as far as um uh in, in that episode you you were talking about how um i i think maybe you were talking about like the 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 kind of uh, movies that you were uh reviewing but like the the type of directors and stuff you were interviewing in the movies that they do um oh wait no you were talking about vods you were talking about vods yeah. and somehow like these uh you know these jams they they like nobody knows about them but they get made and a lot of them are very very good
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: and and that's how you you got into talking about um blue ruins cuz th- is that the one that got um, made by well, kickstarter yeah
1: it, it's it, it was a kickstarter film but it's that's the kind of movie that in certain circles like in uh, the online movie geek community Blue Ruin is really well known and really well regarded so um, yes, the online community that's a very well known movie, but outside of that, sort of to the you know joe public it 's not really a very well known movie and I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people would enjoy that film I think it would be a very popular movie and it was a popular movie it did quite well on its limited budget so um, but it's it's not something sort of in the it's not that like cultural phenomenon where everyone knows it, and, and that's unfortunate because things like Taken are are in that, and they're into th- part three now, and those movies are really bad. So, and these really good movies just get ignored by the mass yeah. public.
0: Yeah, I, I think the concept uh, of Blue Ruin just just uh, sold me, and uh, yeah, I definitely want to check it out to see all, all the bad things that happens. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: There's a lot of bad things that happen in that
2: movie.
0: All right. Uh, so Zed's gang, um, I, I wrote down that they look like, uh, they just stepped out of the Warriors movie. Sure. Probably about right. Uh, yeah. f- did you like Warriors? Oh, I love Warriors. Warriors I think, that that's a really good movie. I, I watched that, uh, really late, um, in, in, in my life. Uh, so I, I didn't grow up watching it. <clears throat> I probably saw it about, um. Mm, a, a few years ago I, I think it was before my son was born so so that that recent you, you know in the last few years at least and i really enjoyed it i was so surprised yeah and uh and i think the opening scene there was like a bunch of um i forgot that character's name that the guy that was talking the leader or whatever yeah, uh, yeah I've only it's seen been a while him, okay, full oh, time, oh, so. oh okay it's, uh,
1: been, it's uh, been probably 10 years
0: but uh, yeah, and and I'm you know I'm gonna spoil this a little bit, but it's been out for a really long time, so shame on you it's if you haven't seen too. it. Yeah, uh, but the, the the guy that gets assassinated in the beginning, he he had a few lines down Like wow, that's that's so familiar because I've heard that somewhere. You know, some of the lines he spouted. I don't know if they were like uh, in. Uh, lyrics to a song, I might have remembered. I was like, oh, that's where they got this. They got got it from the movie. So that's always really cool to to see when when, um, there's lyrics or or there's something that, uh, like a song samples, you know, from from, uh, like an older movie, pop culture, things like that. I always find that fascinating. Was there Um, one
1: that really hit you? Was it outside? Like maybe if it's not in Warriors, another one that like was in a movie that you had never heard before and then you see the movie and it was just...
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, what would that be? Uh, uh, you're familiar with Bone Thugs and Harmony? Sure. Okay, uh, their song "Mr. Bill Collector." Uh, yes, yes. Okay, at the very end of that song, it is a is a direct sample from "Coming to America." Yes. Uh, and 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 I didn't know that because uh, Cap- uh, Captain America, "Coming to America," is uh is probably my favorite comedy hands down. Um, I think that's like Solid. a near yeah near perfect comedy. Um, because uh, i I owned it i, I i'll watch it when it 's on like comedy Central what have you uh but when I started podcasting, that was our second episode uh-huh. and and so um so when i when we were reviewing it, I was watching it with a different you know a different perspective you know checking out for things and i'm just like god this this movie is so whatever and then uh it, it wasn 't well i i 'm not sure why i 'm going into this story but it, this is years ago uh that uh, it had been a while since I seen the movie, and then I watched it, and then the scene where the the, the guy f- falls down the stairs, yeah. and then the manager goes. The rent's due, I was yeah. like, oh, oh, cow, that that's, that doesn't harm me. They 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 got it from this, you know. So yeah. that that was my revelation, or whatever you want to say. And, <laughs> And uh yeah my mind was blown at that point cuz yeah at, at that time I had watched Coming to America it, it had been a few years and probably uh way before like I was listening to Bone Thugs and so sure. to hear that yeah that, that's like a prime example right there that happened well,
1: And it's also not one of the lines that really stands out in the film No it it, fit, it fits that song perfectly but it's not something that's like a moment that people call back to at all
0: And and that's why like I didn't know it was from a movie at all because in the song it ends with a gunshot so you yeah. think that's just part of the song and uh and then hearing it you're like wow they didn't do anything different except for they added that gunshot at the, at the end of, in the song so it's sure. um so i i want to say in warriors they they might have done the same thing but i, I it, it was nothing that like popped into my head like but but it was something so familiar i was like wow that's where they got it but i didn't know where that reference was from that that i, I was thinking of so i, well, might I know that the come out
1: and play has been used in a bunch of things that, that oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: so yeah and uh, apparently that scene was improvised too huh I didn't know yeah that. yeah come out and play yeah um i, I kind of want to watch that now <laughs> a lot more fun it would yeah. be like a, a serious version of um police academy except for there's no police it's just zed's that's crew running the town or running around town i should say they're running
1: into the guys from
0: clockwork orange there you go yeah wearing baseball shirts yeah the like they're like
1: the 1930s yankees or something <laughs> yeah
0: i like that uh, yeah i guess it's, it's i don't know if that was supposed to be played for uh, for last but i mean um because it's a different era obviously that that i would never understand but i wonder what I, I would like to know what the audience was thinking, and also the writers to to say let's let's put Kiss in the 1930s Yankee outfit because I don't I, I, they they could I, I suppose they could appear intimidating to some people, but you got to think Dude. there's there's just a number of gangs all over the street, so any gang should be intimidating.
1: Well, when I saw that movie as a kid, that was the gang that stood out. They looked the most badass to me. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones that looked like they were gonna you know. That would mess you up because also everybody else have
2: have has the. the t-
1: yeah, well, they the, beyond just their weapons, they the way that they chose to dress, they uh, they weren't wearing a typical gang uniform, mm-hmm. uh, But they had this other thing about them just made them creepier in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah. O- only on Hydrate Level Four. We'll we'll talk about other movies <laughs> and not the ones we're no, reviewing. No, you, <laughs> you haven't. You
1: haven't listened to word Machine Horse then because that's we do that all the time.
0: Uh no you guys t- touch it on pretty good. I mean yeah, you you guys will mix in uh, other stuff as well, but I, I feel like uh I, I don't know if I really, you know, said a whole lot about this movie. I mean, there's no, not a whole lot to be said to be fair. Uh, um yeah, there's one th- one more thing I wanted to bring up about this one before we move to the next one, but uh Tackleberry and his partner do get married. Sure. So, oh, yeah. uh,
1: oh and and it comes back to the the Bigfoot truck. That you were talking about earlier, the monster trucks that oh. drive off and of foot into the sunset.
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So we your very pull it all back around. There was yeah. in this episode, e- exactly. So uh, I and I planned that too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, that, that was a little Nolan esque of me uh, to to do something that's going to blow people's minds. Like, hey, he mentioned <laughs> monster trucks in the beginning. <laughs> okay, um, uh, I think there's something a little bit more about Tackle before I move. Um, the, the the family so Kirk Kirkland Kirkman Kirkman There's no L is there It's Kirkman Yeah Yes Okay It's Kirkman um, Now It's funny because this is the biggest role as this character that she she's in She does come back for a cameo later on Unfortunately Because I mean She's Now She's Mrs Tackleberry I I think that'd be a You know A very good character to have right. uh, Why They Don't Bring Her Back for Like a Bigger Role I Don't Know but she has a really odd family. Um No,
1: oh wait, I just looked it up. It's Kirkland.
0: It, Kirk oh, it is Kirkland. Oh, it's Kirkland? Okay, so yeah. I missed the L there. Yep. Uh, or or I hit M instead of L. Um, I I agreed with you. Yeah. Now, uh her brother's name is Bud. Does that sound about right. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, so she's got this brother and and a dad. Uh they they have a very interesting um uh uh relationship, I suppose. They 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 fight each other. You know, and I I find that funny, you know. Uh yeah. And yeah. and they don't think it's weird at all, you know. So uh, Kirkland she brings Tackleberry over to meet the family, um, and and uh, here's Bud and the dad. They're they're fighting. They're punching each other because I guess they're both uh, they they both box, um, and it, it, it's funny too because like they do it again in I think the third one, fourth one, the fourth one. Okay, so they do that again, and Tackleberry it- still looks confused. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What? What is going like?" Like Tangleberry. How long have you been with the family now? I mean, it's probably like a year or whatever. But, do you, but still, uh, do you
1: think there's an assumption that they make these movies as if any, that no one has seen any of the other films? I think far- so.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, that that's. I don't know, <laughs> but but it seems that 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 they, that's what they're doing. Uh, and, and it is, it's, it's also, it also seems that with every, each sequel that, uh, common seems to get stupider and stupider. Uh, and, 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 maybe you can say that comes with age and, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, it, cause I think the fourth one, he is really goofy, um, oh, yeah. you know, so, but let's go ahead and get to the, into the third one, um, Okay. Police Academy 3 back in training uh this was in 86 like almost exactly a year after uh this came out the 21st of March 86 the first one uh the second one I should say was 29th of so, so this i don't know how long it took to shoot but obviously probably a few months and they released it yeah just in under a year, just right under. And these movies seem to get shorter and shorter. Uh, This one's 83 minutes, um, also rated, uh, well, this one is the first PG movie. Uh, And, yeah, I I don't think there's really anything in here. Uh, Obviously, PG's all ages. I don't need to get into that. Um, But this one is the first one that is directed by Jerry Paris, uh, which happens uh, to be the actual father of Bud Kirkland. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I did find that out. Uh, so I wondered if he was thrown in as a cameo because he's, you know, the son of the director or right. n- not, not in the second one, but the son of maybe Jerry Paris was probably oh, working yeah, on the movie. He,
1: he directed two and three.
0: Oh, two and three. OK, so the fourth yeah. one's somebody to do OK, OK. So uh, so Jerry puts his son in and maybe that scene was a big hit, pun intended. And uh, <laughs> and so they make uh, they give him a bigger role in three. Uh-huh. Uh, so this one, the uh, alumni of Commandant Lassard's police academy returned to the school to train new recruits and prevent its closure. Uh, so in this um, in this sequel, I didn't know there were two police academies, but I I, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there yeah. was. We just never the, 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 thought about there it.
1: There wasn't. There wasn't. They, they yeah. invented that for the conceit of this film.
0: Yeah. And returning, we have uh, Mauser, who is now a commandant, and his uh, newly, uh, I would imagine, newly uh, promoted Captain Proctor. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so they they leave precinct 16, I guess, and now and now they are running their own uh, uh, police academy. And this one, it's funny because when I was younger, and I think this is because of their uniform, um, Mauser's academy. They they uh, they don't look anything like. Lassard's academy, right? The Lassard's academy looks like actual cops, you know, the the blue, right? The your, your, right. your traditional blue. Um, Mauser's academy, they're wearing like like a khaki uh, shirt, black pants, and then they have those red um, things on top of their shirts. I don't know what they're called, but, uh, I, um, but it looks know, like gym clothes. Gym clothes? How so? Yeah, I don't know
1: what you would call it. They're like sweatsuits or something. Yeah.
0: Oh no, I'm talking about the the yellow taping here. Oh, on I'm sorry. Of, I thought you were talking shirt. about the red uniforms. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, the police academy, the uh, Lassars academy, they wear red uh, like gym clothes for yeah Got instructing. It. But the uh, Mausers, um, his academy, the the their uniform. You know, the, mm-hmm. their their dress uniform is like a khaki shirt, black pants, and then they have these red tapes on their shoulders. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- where the ranks would go on an actual officer, and they also wear a beret. But as a kid, I thought – I didn't think they were Russian, but I I felt like they looked kind of Russian, you know, just because of the colors. Did you have, like – uh, did you think that at all? Or did you have like a, I mean, it
1: pl- it plays into the idea that, you know, khaki and beret, that's going to be clearly the enemy of the United States. Anytime okay. you put a beret on somebody and they're military, um, and, or authoritarian in any way, then mm. they're obviously, that's evil. So yeah. it's a to clear way of telegraphing that.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, I like what you say, said there, the, uh, see Mauser's Academy is more militaristic, you know, and, and they, they appear that way. They, they, um a scene later on at the uh i don't know the officer's ball i don't know what you want to call it but they look like they have no personality they're not having any fun they're mm. all just on one side of the room just doing nothing you know while the uh, lassard's academy they're all having fun and things like that um But uh, in this movie, we also get the return of uh, Blanks and Copeland, who were not in the previous, uh, and they team up with Mauser and Proctor. So Mm -hmm. Blanks and Copeland, I believe they are going to be the eyes and ears for Mauser, and they're going to try to um, sabotage certain things, right? Because uh, I I I didn't say it yet, but these two police academies, they are competing because uh, one has to be shut down, I don't. I don't think they go into specifics. I'd imagine budgetary reasons. Like sure. a lot of government, you know, agencies is probably what it is. And we'll say that because it sounds smarter. <laughs> uh, we're helping them out. And, uh, <laughs> so so uh, Mauser obviously, uh, you know, like Harris thinks, you know, uh, Lasard is not competent. And let's be fair, he's not you no. know uh Lasard's Academy is probably the one that should be shut down and I blame it on the governor who wanted to you know uh expand the uh, criteria to even become uh, a, a cadet you know sure. so so th- that's what this is uh this entire movie is about just them competing uh, let's talk about uh where our you know unusual crew is currently at uh, mm-hmm. Mahoney is coaching women's basketball so he's still yes. a cop right as a kid, I didn't get that, despite his cruiser vehicle or whatever parked right there. Um, just because I was, I was like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess when I was younger, I just thought him coaching a women's basketball, I, I just didn't think it was like cop-related. I just, I just well, thought it was it's, something Mahoney would do. It's community outreach
1: is what he's oh, doing. Oh, okay. I, and they're I, all doing a form of community outreach throughout the, throughout the film.
0: Oh, oh, so you paid more attention than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know who the kid in his car was, but I guess you needed somebody to sit in there and kinda answer the call for, for help. Yeah. Um so um uh Lasard is reaching out to some of his uh old uh, cadets who are now sergeants uh to to basically help out with the, the new recruits and make sure everything goes so smoothly I guess because they're all getting graded on certain things you know the training and and, and all these things um so high tower is uh, is in the undercover drag I didn't mm-hmm. remember it being in this one but uh what what I saw it, I started laughing cuz I remembered exactly what was happening oh sure so you, you get the scene here's the setup here the you, you get this uh, um uh a very Serene-looking park, yeah, pretty peaceful. Not a whole lot of people. And there's this big woman sitting on the bench. You only see her from the backside. This blonde, and then the, this creep, this 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 thief here, creeps up behind her, tries to snatch the purse, and you know it's Hightower. <laughs> you know we right. we see him, and uh, uh, the dress does not make him look good. Uh, I got to put that <laughs> out there. And uh, so we get we get to see Hightower and see him in drag. So very interesting. I I, I like it. Uh, yeah
1: it's that 's one of the things that I think I could show my son, and he would appreciate good. that he would think that was funny
0: I think so too, because like yeah, you put the biggest guy in women 's clothes you know why yeah. not um, now the, what do you think about uh, tackle bear 's reintroduction he 's playing commando in his backyard that 's the part I found funny to find out that it was his backyard right so he looks like rambo he 's got the camel paint on uh, bud his brother in law is looking for him and uh um, it's really quick. I, I guess there's nothing more than that to, just to say, but did, 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 you, did you like that scene? I mean, it makes sense. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of where I, I think I in rewatching all these recently, I think this is where I really start enjoying the films more. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the same they're, – they're a lot lighter than the other films. Um, the first film being rated R and it having the nudity and the language in it I think gives it more of this biting edge to it um that the film doesn't earn that none of these films earn, and that they are mm.
2: goofy and that right,
1: right um and so i think that this is more where the films are comfortable even though they're not as reviewed as well and not as well liked and they continually make less and less box office as you go through and look through the films but i think at this point is where they really started to get better and find a comfortable stride and they knew what they were doing and it was a uh, it was more like a sitcom in a way, I guess, where yeah. the pilot was the first one, then they kind of changed directions with the second, and then the third one. I think is you know that where they're in their comfortable zone.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, so, I, I I agree with that. Yeah,
1: and maybe it's just they're re- rehashing a lot of the same jokes in a way. Yeah, but the the which is where you can get to. But I, I mean, seeing as a kid, I didn't mind that.
0: Yeah, let's be honest. This this third one, it's almost it's almost a, a remake of the first one. Yep, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it it really is. I mean, uh, almost down to the very end uh, of the movie. Uh, so uh, we 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 even get the remake of uh, the Facklers, You know, whereas in the first one, it's it's uh, Mister Facklers that's trying to leave the house. Now, right. His wife wants to join the academy, and he's you know trying to stop her from doing so. Uh, and this scene still worked for me. Uh, I, I found it just as funny as the very first one where we saw the missus for the first time. Uh, but now she's trying to leave. And she even, um, I like her scene too because he doesn't want her to join the academy. And so uh, he kind of talks her out of it, which at least he thinks he is at the time. So she walks back inside the house, locks him out. And she sneaks out the back of the house and she steals his police cruiser and, uh, and takes off. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't get the name of this other guy, but we got an exact scene from the uh, Kim Cattrall. You know when she's sitting in the back of her vehicle we see her you know oh she's probably you know she comes from money there's this guy sitting back there smoking one of those uh penguin cigarettes you know i, I don't know if they're probably called something but i don't know what well, it's called yeah you have
1: the uh the fil- the long filter on it yes all
0: that. yeah yeah so so another you know, this this is supposed to be the kim control character but a guy i guess and then <laughs> out the window he sees mr fackler on top of the hood this time so right but uh, yeah i thought that was really funny um did you catch that guy's name by chance, the, the rich guy?
1: I, no, I did not. Yeah. I, I don't think
0: he really has anything except for, like, the end, you know, mm-hmm. where he calls in for backup. That's really it. So he's basically a nobody. Uh, so Sweet Chuck and uh, Zed, who we obviously met in the previous movie, they uh, they are both heading to the police um, academy. And I really like the scene between the two, too. Uh, so Sweet Chuck is on a Vespa, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's Very fitting. Uh, it's funny because we get a series of events here. You got a kid riding on a bicycle that is going faster than him. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Zed comes up on 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 a, uh, on a just a regular mo- motorcycle, right? Comes up behind him, and and <laughs> they uh, they they have a little exchange, you know, on the road there. Uh, Zed basically does his Zed bark at him. Um, Zed doesn't have any other name, right? That's just – that's probably like – No, a yeah, it's just Zed. Yeah, because yeah, I think he's called Officer Zed later on. I don't know if it was in this one or the next one. I'm like, does, does he – <laughs> they just call him Officer Zed. So he <laughs> has no other name. Um, so here's where uh, the the racial jokes kind of kind of return. Um, the rich guy, he pulls up and he looks at Hightower and calls him a porter. Um, right. Now, a porter, isn't that somebody who tends to people in the uh, restrooms? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so it's a uh, it's, it's a knock on High Tower being black, and um, how I don't know naive is this guy to look at a a black man in a police uniform and call him a porter.
1: Well, I think the the point in that that specific joke is that exactly that is that making fun of the rich guy and how out of touch he is. Yeah. That he sees a guy in uniform and just because he's black, he assumes that he's a servant of some kind. Yeah. And so I think that's where the joke is. It's not okay. using the word um, in the pejorative where the joke is that he's saying it. It's the joke that he's that un- unaware.
0: Okay. And uh, he also uh, – he uh, what's a red cap? I don't know if he caught that, but he, he said Porter and said red cap. Does that I, mean anything? No, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know. Weird. Okay. Because um, I, I wondered if that was also like a racial slur or something. So I wrote that down. I was going to see if you knew. Um and okay, so one of the other new guys is uh, one of my favorites, uh, Nagata. You uh-huh. know who, who who's Japanese. Um, and it's funny because we first see him with Mauser's uh, crew uh, at the academy. There, like, you know, Mauser's walking, you know, down this uh, down this rank of uh, of re- I don't know if they're recruits or whatever, but his people basically. Mm -hmm. So he's walking down, all these tall, strong men, and then he stops in front of Nagata, who's this short Japanese man holding a translation book. (laughs) And who might you be?
2: Oh, a Tomoko Nagata of Tochikawa Nagatas. Oh,
1: and
0: is this your lovely wife? Mm. Doctor? Yes, sir! What's the story here with Fu Manchu? Fu Manchu. I don't have a Fu Manchu. I'm talking about the stir fried shrimp from out of town. Oh, uh, he's with the Tochikawa Highway Patrol, part of an international exchange program, here to study our methods. I'm not teaching my cadets how to use a wok. <laughs> you ship him off to Lesage, he'll fit in perfectly over there.
2: He could use a good sushi chef. No offense, eh? Arigato! Thank you! Just my what?
0: I actually found it funny. I didn't find any of it offensive. You know, uh, I think. Um, did he call like some so, shrimp was used? But I forgot the lines. Yeah, I probably should have wrote the line because it would have been funnier. But uh, there was some racial stuff. Chopstick, I think chopstick yeah. was mentioned. Um, oh, I think that's the, also the line that that um, made Proctor like laugh hysterically too. You know, uh, I I actually like uh, I liked Proctor in this one the best. I think. Uh, yeah. Kind of just being the monkey to Mauser. Um, I, I actually
1: I, I like Proctor as the as the. Goon assistant. I think he he's fine in these films.
0: Here's a here's a fun trivia here that uh, I read that um, Proctor's uh, role well, apparently was turned down by Bill Paxton. Really? Who went on to do Aliens instead? Yeah, I think that was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, very <American> good <laughs> choice. That worked out really well for him. So, and then I try to think about it like from all the Paxton roles, like I was trying to see if I could see him as Proctor because I could not see him doing in Weird what, Science. The brother? Yeah. Hmm. If he played the brother from Weird Science as Proctor, he I think he'd be a little bit too more of like like an actual antagonist, though. I I don't think he – is he that uh, dumb, though? I'm saying he can – no, he
1: plays the brother, and he plays uh, Chet's brother in Weird Science. So he can uh, – I think yeah. he can play Goofy like that.
0: Well, wait. Who plays Chet's brother? Bill Paxton. Chet- Chet, Chet is the brother. I mean, Chet, I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Bill Paxton plays Chet. So okay, yeah. You know what? I did you ever watch the TV show Weird Science? <laughs> no. Okay, I because I remember Chet from the TV show more than I remembered Bill Paxton as Chet. And then, like going back and watching the movie like years ago, I go, "Huh, Bill Paxton? No kidding." <laughs> so that was really weird. They kinda looked like that's the thing with these TV adaptations or offs or whatever you want to call them, reboots, remakes. Um, sure. To the, to the small screen, they yeah they 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 try to like get the ones that look like the characters too. So I, I kind of like that, but yeah, I remember the TV chat more than I do the the movie chat, but. Yeah, that, it would have been an interesting take. It would have been a different type of character, in my opinion, though. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, so Nagata and Proctor, I, I think I like them both in this one. And and obviously, Zed's a fan favorite for, for everybody. Uh, we mentioned in the last one that Tax, uh, Tackleberry's brother-in-law would, would also end up joining. Now, mm-hmm. we, um, Karen Adams, that's Mahoney's new love interest. Right. Um and and a couple of things. Obviously, you know, I I over overthink these things. But uh, Mahoney <laughs> Mahoney starts hitting on on Miss uh, Miss Karen Adams here, who is basically supposed to be like Kim Cattrall's character, except for she, you know, not that she doesn't come from money, but she's a less uh, less nobby, you know, more more of a you know like a regular woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I actually find her pretty. Now the the fourth movie, which we're not talking about yet. Um, Who's the love interest there? Is it Sharon Stone? Who, Sharon yeah. Stone was the yeah, reporter, right? Yeah, no, it's
1: Sharon Stone, yeah. Okay. She's the reporter.
0: Okay. Who, um, out of all these, let's go with the three movies, because, well, two, if you want to include Julie Brown. Uh, so three or four, however you want to call it. Which of these four women do you think is uh, is maybe the prettiest, in your opinion, that uh, Mahoney is after? <laughs>
1: So we're just going to go right down into bro talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um I I don't know. Um that the kind of affluent uptight white woman thing doesn't really work for me. Um I, I they're all attractive women, they're all very beautiful women, but I kind of they, they're not my taste any of them.
0: Okay. Um Neither of mine. No, no, yeah. It's uh, my wife is completely opposite. My wife's like half their their size. You know, she's like four nine and you yeah, know, Asian brunette. So <laughs> completely different. <laughs> uh, I've never been with any of the, uh, any girl that looks like Mahoney. You know, the tall white blonde blue eyes. N- nothing like that. Uh, the reason I brought that up because uh, Karen Adams. Um, uh, that's not the actress's name, obviously. That's the character's name. She, I think she's actually the prettiest uh, of them four. Um, okay. you know, Sharon Stone's obviously beautiful, but I, I, I don't know what it is. I think Karen Adams just seems like a more, um, not plain Jane, but your girl next door, you know, c- kind of like an okay. everyday girl. And I, I just, I, um, when I saw, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, I, well, yeah, she's the prettiest one. I, I think she's prettier than the, the other girls that Mahoney actually chases after. Sure. Um, and also, uh, Mahoney, you know, hits on her and I, it's funny cause he goes up to her and he's like, oh Yeah. I forget exactly what he asks, but I think maybe he asks like, "What room is she in?" or something. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Oh, we're going to be roommates," you know. So he's hitting on her, and I think it's super funny that um, um, it doesn't seem okay in the military. Police force, whatever. I am certain there is fraternization everywhere, and I, I just think it's it's really funny that that they show it in here, but um, they you know they they kind of poke fun at it, and and like like the the military part in me, I'm just like, that's fraternization. You can't be doing that. But then I was like, well, but that stuff happens. And so I kind of found this funny all the time. And so I, um, so after thinking about it a little bit, I kind of appreciated it, I guess. It, actually, that's kind of a strong word. But I kind of liked how they kind of poked fun <laughs> at that. That It seems that there's um, – because Nagata becomes um, Callahan's woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because it seems like Callahan seems to like the ethnic guys. (laughs) So if you speak with the uh, Latin accent or you're a Japanese man, she seems to like those type of guys. So I wonder if this is a replacement for Martine. Oh, okay, Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I didn't think about it till now, really. So because I was like, wait, what happened the last time we saw her? Well, her and Martine was supposed to go meet up with her parents. But uh, so it doesn't, you know, obviously he didn't return and now we got uh, N- Nagata. Um, now, I don't know if you know, but uh, oh, N- Nagata. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. He was the voice for Leonardo. I was going to bring yeah. that up because not a lot of people know because he fooled me um, because seeing him on Revenge of the Nerds and mm-hmm. uh, in these movies, I was certain that's the way he really spoke. Oh, no, not at all. I because I, I, I haven't seen him in anything else where he actually speaks like well, where you couldn't tell he has an Asian accent. Uh, because obviously the the voice of Leonardo, I didn't know that was an Asian guy until I found out that that was him that, that yeah. voiced it. And and to be honest, I didn't find out till when we did our Ninja Turtles reviews. So that was just this past year. So, um, but and then like once you see the name, you can like you can hear it like yeah that's him. But I I had no idea I really and you know and maybe that's the the, the naivete of me that to to think like the Asian actors from then. Um, actually, spoke like that. Uh, maybe the they, accession... They were I, they were made to speak that way. Exactly. But I th- what what do you think about short round? Uh, data. Oh, God, data, as far as a, a character. Data from a character. Yeah. For sure. Now, okay. do you think that's really how he spoke? Because that's how he spoke in in um, Indiana Jones. It's not how so, he speaks now. No, I I haven't heard any interviews or anything like that. But he he speaks pretty normal now. Oh yeah, like I mean the has gone away. away. He doesn't talk like that. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I see because you're an Asian guy. You don't talk like that. Yeah, but see, I don't know about those guys. But I was born in Texas. You can't get any more American than that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's that's actually one of my jokes when people uh, like you know when I first meet them or whatever. And you know there, there are curious ones. They'll be like, oh, um, uh, so wh- so where's your family from? I go Texas. <laughs> to give you that look like no yeah you know i go you well, know what i mean go like, a little further like well no I'm, we're from texas my, my my mom's from texas you know my my parents met there i was born there i yeah. have family there but yeah um if anyone is is, is curious it, and and i still wonder sometimes if like some of the listeners even like know i'm asian i i've kind of like brought that joke up like well if you can tell from our logo <laughs> you know i i have brought but, up the little references again,
1: there's plenty of uh people that are white that love Asian culture that mm-hmm. would put that all over the place, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, if people were curious, my my family originally comes from Laos. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what Laos is, you should watch an episode of King of the Hill. So, <laughs> did you ever watch that? His neighbors, no. His neighbors are Laotian. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this is the, the funny joke, which I'm going to bo- totally butcher, but uh, I remember it years ago, but, um, uh okay the the country is called laos mm-hmm. the language is called lao and the people are called laotian mm-hmm. and um one of uh hank i think i think that's the the main character in king of the hill hank one of his friends or whatever, they were talking to the the new neighbors that just had moved in, and I think the question was, "Oh, so where are you guys from? Um, you know Laos? You know where the ocean?" And the guy was like, "I don't care. I didn't ask what ocean you're from. I asked, <laughs> you know, what country, whatever. Right. He goes, we come from Laos. Laotian are people." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- that if you guys didn't know what Laos is, you know, it was in King of the Hill, which I, I think was a popular cartoon. I, I I never got into it.
1: Yeah. No. I. I'm- but that doesn't mean it was on for a long time. It so was.
0: Sure. No, that's that's the only reason I thought it was kind of like popular and successful because it went on for a while. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, this series went on for a while too. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, these movies made a ton of
1: money. Yeah, Like, if you go back and look through them, I think the first one made, like, $80 million back then. Uh-huh. And so then it seems like it drops off by about $20 million every picture after that.
0: So. Oh, God. And, and that was actually still pretty good money back then. But also, oh, you, sure. yeah, you, you didn't have, like, um, a whole lot of home releases yet. And so people were still, like, hitting the theaters uh, often. Uh, well, you, these
1: things were huge on video, too. I, they came out on video, and they were all over the place then. Yeah.
0: See, I mean, I, I don't... I'd have to go back and watch, like, the the other ones. Um, you know, I'm in no hurry to, but I, I remember one of the sequels having some kind of, like, um, uh, some some silhouette of some guy that was, like, a bad guy, I think. Does that mm-hmm. ring a bell of some sort? So some kind of bad guy where you never saw him, but you'd only see, like, his oh, black silhouette. Oh, yeah, that,
1: that's in. I- think that's in mission to Moscow if I'm not mistaken
0: okay probably like a, like a Russian bad guy or something yeah and, something along and, sides. and I want to say that there was some kind of reveal of who this person actually really was so, mm-hmm. so that might be some uh, one I want to visit because I think that's one that I saw on TV a lot which is the weird thing okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, like, at least the first four, I you know, we owned on VHS, and I, I watched them all. And, like, the, uh, again, like, four, I, I vaguely remember, but I remember this one scene, and they all kind of just run in together for me. So I just, that just oh, shows yeah. I probably watched them out of order and stuff.
1: Well, I think by the time I got to five, six, part seven, whatever, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like I was, when I was in fourth grade, and I remember asking for things for Christmas that I didn't really want anymore. Uh-huh. Um, where I'd be like, yeah, I want to get a G.I. Joe and this kind of thing. And I didn't really like G.I. Joes anymore. But I didn't know what else I was supposed to get because I didn't care about them anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of like that with those movies where I'm watching them, but I don't really like them anymore. Hmm. So kind of felt the same way to me.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I didn't write down a whole lot of things in this one. Um, but I, I really did uh, enjoy uh, number three. Uh, there's um, because it's back in training, right? So again, we already mentioned it's basically a uh, basically a remake, with the exception of you know some some different jokes. Um, I, I don't know if I, I pretty much already touched on the story. You know, there, there are two competing academies, and uh, we already kind of know who's gonna win out. But it's it's everything that happens in between. Did you have any uh, scenes that uh, stuck out that, that you found funny again, or uh, scenes that you forgot? Oh, uh, uh, you walking? know,
1: I'm. I offhand not really um that as far as things that stood out to me uh the one thing that I had forgotten was that um Tim what is his name is it uh Krasinski, I think the oh, merchant
0: S- sweet chuck yeah yeah sweet chuck mm-hmm. or uh yeah
1: I had forgotten that that was him in the film that it was from SNL um so I didn't know that he was in these movies I just I didn't associate him with uh He was on with SNL
0: these...
1: Yeah oh I didn't know that I think so. I'm pretty sure he was on SNL. There's uh, um, not SCTV or something like that.
0: I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. he was on SNL. Um,
1: he was one of the early cast members. Interesting. I'm, I, like in 75 yeah. or something like that. And Holy at this smarts. point, I hadn't gone <laughs> back and watched those. So it was like in watching con- them on Comedy Central when they were rerunning. All of the old SNLs, then uh, I think that's when I became familiar with him from that. But yeah, he's one of the early cast members.
0: You said seventy five, isn't that when it started too? Because cause... yeah, that's it, because I'm looking at it and it, looking. I just clicked
1: over to IMDb real yeah. quick. And it shows him on the first season. Wow. So
0: Yeah, because uh, I think last night they aired. I want to say the first episode, and uh, I think George Carlin might have hosted, or he was like on there. Uh-huh. Um, so that that would have been interesting had I watched it and seen him in there, you know, if he if he was like one of the earlier uh, uh, players on that show. Um, but, yeah, as as a time of this recording uh, tonight, they're actually doing that uh, 40th anniversary. Yeah, uh, I got yeah, that. On I'm, gonna, record. I'm definitely going to watch that. Tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, but Sweet Chuck, uh, apparently in I did not catch this upon viewing. I mean, and I OK, so what I read was uh, the actor's real life wife was also a cadet. Uh, in this movie, and and I I saw her name It's like I think it was like Cadet Sarah or something like that, but I I couldn't think of anywhere in the movie that, that she might have been in. Um, but yeah, apparently his wife was also in this movie. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I'd written that down, but I I, I knew I was going to bring it up, but that's just kind of interesting. Um, so I I don't know where there's any other female, uh, other other than you know the uh, Cadet Adams. Uh, which is right. you know, obviously the new one. I couldn't think of yeah any other new faces. Um, and she probably just didn't have a speaking role. Was given. I don't know. How do you, how are you given a name and not have a speaking role? You know,
1: cause, cause, <laughs> if, it's, if you're cut out of the film.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because I mean there's there's characters that you know like obviously Sweet Chuck. Well, uh, he was uh, credited as the merchant, but we only know his name through like uh, his um, his furniture shop, which is mm-hmm. funny because um, it's even spelled differently than the way it's pronounced because uh, right. um, uh, Bubba Smith wasn't able to pronounce the actual spelling of it, and he kept on saying Sweet Chuck, so, so they changed it to Sweet Chuck. Um, th- these trivia stuff, I think they're actually more interesting than some of these movies. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. There, there's another one. Oh, okay, the Police uh, Academy 2 poster there is actually a female blonde uh, police officer on the cover who is not in the movie at all, which is funny. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, if you go back and look at it, and it, like depending on the image, the the face is really hard to see. But I think as a kid, I think I did remember like who is this woman, and I just assumed she was somebody else, and it just it just didn't look like her. Are you looking it up on the
1: police academy part three. two?
0: Part two. Oh, part two I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, 3, uh, you got Callahan and Hooks are the only female. And I, I actually like three's poster, too, because you got Hightower wearing that female wig, too. Yeah. Yeah, but if you pull up the Police Academy Part 2, uh, their first assignment's poster, there's a uh, a blonde police officer uh, who's not even in the movie. Like, she doesn't look like anybody. And I think as a kid— oh, You're I, absolutely right. Yeah, see, I think as a kid, I thought that, that she was Karen Adams and just mistook that she was in that movie. Just wow! Yeah, see, like, does she look like anybody?
1: No, not at all. You yeah. see exactly what you're
0: talking about. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I think when I was younger, I thought like she was Karen Adams and just mistook the sequels, whatever. Right. But yeah, it' uh, very interesting to look. They're boom, mind blown, right? So <laughs> this, we're we're trying to Nolanize this episode, you know. I'm sure we'll go back to monster trucks pretty soon here. (laughs) Um, So a couple of the things that stuck out for me that I thought was really funny. I I enjoyed the the driver's test again. Um, This one done a little bit differently. We saw uh, um, Zed. He he Mm -hmm. gets behind the wheels. And I think Hooks, she was the instructor, and she had forgotten the keys. And so Zed was like, oh, no, it's okay. You know, and then he pulls out the wires and hot wires it with uh, the – that's the right word, right? Hot wire. Yeah, that almost didn't sound right. I mean, it's nothing I've ever it's done. Taller. So okay, yeah. so he hot wires the car by taking these two wires and he puts them in his teeth and he just he starts it up. So I I found that yeah. really funny. Um, and then the the, the next uh, driver was uh, Karen Adams, and uh, you see an up close of her, and you see it's obvious Jones is doing these driving sound effects. You know where she's like revving up the engine speeding Mm -hmm. and like uh braking really hard and then yeah it pans out and you see jones is the one that that's doing the voice and i'm thinking did you really fool anybody with that i mean like if you were really paying attention i mean like even behind them like in the rear view uh window you don't see like the car's even in motion so let's Mm -hmm. just say somebody was fooled by the sound effects like you could it's obvious that the car isn't moving i don't know Sure. I, it was funny, but it didn't work in the same thing. So did you have any thoughts on that one?
1: It's far. No, I mean, it's the, the complaints that you have about <laughs> the sound <Jones> effects. <laughs> they don't bother me as much. They're just silly and goofy. And I think it was always, um, I was more impressed that he was making the noises when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, than the context of the scene at all. You're right. In the reality of the movie, it absolutely falls apart. But yeah. so many things fall apart. In oh, the sure. Movie.
0: Yeah, I and um, I think why like these things they stick out because I'm always curious to ask Phoenix what he thinks. Like yeah, yeah. So so and, and that that's why I I bring these things up. Um, and uh, let me see, we get uh, a little scene from Psycho, right? Uh, Sweet yes. Chuck, uh, Sweet Chuck's in the shower, and uh, Zed picks up this uh, toothpaste, which uh, his silhouette. Uh, uh, up against the the shower curtain appears mm-hmm. to be a knife, and then you know cue in the psycho music. So that that was fun, you know. And you even uh, uh, get the the shot of the water going down the drain too, just like the movie. So yeah. little shout out to Mike Deniston who was on the psycho remake uh, episode. Um, tear gas uh, was Zed. That that's also one I wrote down. I thought that was really funny. Uh, tear gas. Is this for
1: he uses it as the. Um... <laughs> deodorant is, that, is that no, one or
0: no. Is that... uh, I think the one you that one I think that's maybe that's part mace? four okay uh yeah that I think that's part four uh, because because that mace that was used uh, by Harris
1: right they do that but he also does has something with uh, deodorant in the way that he's putting it on I, I didn't mm. know if that was the same uh, thing
0: was it something maybe that was like breath like breath refreshener and he sprayed that under his arm yeah so I I and I literally yeah.
1: watched this today uh, this morning uh, before we started this, and I don't remember. So,
0: well, I, um, four I saw last night, and then three I saw the night before. Um, okay, but yeah, they're all kind of running in uh, together. I, I, that could have been my lack of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I stayed up late. Um, but the the tear gassing, it, its uh—so, like in the army, they they want you to trust your your gas mask. Okay mm-hmm. um and I, I kind of uh, go back to uh, Jarhead you, you know where where they have uh, scenes with you know the gas masks that, that's very realistic there um you seen Jarhead Oh yeah 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 uh, and th- there's the, the one part in training yeah where they're all putting on their their mask and they they take it off and they have to clear it and all these things but uh gas masks aren't being used in this scene but they have a a room that uh, they set off like tear gas, whatever, and each person has to go in. And I think they're just supposed to feel it and just kind of – I mean, I think they're inside. Maybe they come out after the gas was released just just so they know uh, know the feeling of it being used on them. Um, And I think everyone comes out, and then they're wondering where Zed is. And then he comes out like holding the gas can, the canister. And he's like, Oh, I'll be right back, you know, and then he goes back in and then you hear like all his, you know, bobcat noises that he makes and right. he's just in there like just sucking up all the gas. <laughs> it's just hanging out. Yeah. So I found that really funny. Um and, and we'll get to it later, but uh one of my funniest jokes, lines or whatever, is uh is by Zed in the fourth one. So mm-hmm. um Uh, that's basically it. Uh, The Academy ball is actually the last thing uh, I wrote down Um, here. We get the return of the prostitute. So we Mm -hmm. get a little nice nod to the first movie and it is the same actress. Uh, Thank you for doing that because uh, I'm I'm sure if you got somebody else, nobody would have noticed the difference, but you know, I've mentioned before that uh, it it bothers me when they recast somebody. Continuity is important to you. It kind of is. It kind of is. Um, and uh Proctor uh, gets set up with the prostitute. Um I don't know if I missed something, uh but um did somebody hook him up with the prostitute or do you think that it's just something that they didn't show us that that, that they ran in oh he was eating shrimp. Yeah. And and then she she she's the one that uh 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 went after him, right? She's the one that uh what's the word I'm looking for? I think it starts with a P proposition. She's the one that propositioned him. Right. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yes,
1: yes, that's correct. Yeah.
0: But here's the weird thing because when they go into the room, she locks them out of the room and stuff like that. So maybe Mahoney set, set it up. I, Uh, I must've missed it.
1: I, I, I honestly, I don't really remember that that specific scene and how that happened i know that once it gets in there so it, th- it seems like mahoney would have set that up yeah or that would make that sense
0: up. it's just because i missed it because uh, w- uh where i'm getting at is uh, so the prostitute she locks him out of the room and he's completely nude uh the mm-hmm. idiot thinks that he uh, she, she uh, that he was in the bathroom um so he he has this uh, you know scene where he's running around the building he leaves goes down in the alley and then runs into uh, the blue oyster Right, of course. Yeah, and uh, the, that's the rest of my notes because the the movie ends with um, them going to. I don't know where they are. are they set up on a detail because that rich guy he goes to. Uh, I, it,
1: the movie ends with the, uh, the with
0: hot. the graduation. Oh well, no, not the actual ending. But uh, you know how every movie so far, there's always this one big assignment at the end. Um, oh because, right, because we yeah. get the return of the bad guy from the first movie yes right and and uh they have to
1: they have to rescue the governor
0: yes so so the Governor is at some kind of uh, luncheon um i you know I kind of forget what what's going on, but uh one of the the uh servers is actually the the bad guy from the first one, and obviously it's some kind of coup going on where a lot of the servers are in on it, and they're all bad, and they're gonna um i don't know get the governor held hostage or something right yeah Yeah. so that's the big thing going on and then obviously uh, a bunch of little funny things in between um the the one the one that i thought was genuinely cool as a kid was um so in order i want to say they're on an island because why do they have to take boats out there right (laughs) isn't that why yes yeah that, that yeah. makes sense i mean so they have to get on jet skis and all these things jones there's this one part where he's on his jet ski and it, it, it i guess malfunction or something and then his his jet ski goes straight into the water and then like it, it comes back out it's just this kind of really cool thing you know because like jones is only known for the uh like the the voice that the, um the sound effects that he makes and mm-hmm. then he does this really cool thing where like uh yeah his 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 ski jet ski just takes a nosedive and then like it comes back out of the water. I don't know how to explain it, but I just thought that was kind of a cool scene. Yeah. Um, you get a funny scene of Zed. He's on a jet ski too, but he's still in full uniform, not in the wetsuit. <laughs> I yeah, thought that was yeah. really fun. Um, and that that's pretty much it, you know? And, and again, graduation. Uh, Do you remember anything else that I might've missed from that one?
1: No, I, I think that's really the, that's the whole film. More or less.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Police Academy 4, uh, Citizens on Patrol, released the next year. Uh, this one, um, uh, Commandant Lasard. he wants to initiate this uh, thing called Citizens on Patrol because, uh, I, I guess, the cops, uh, the officers, they're getting kind of tired and stuff like that. So they want to get the citizens to kind of help and reduce the crime. Um, it, it, that That's pretty much what that initiative is, right? He wants right. the citizens to kind of help out and to kind of lessen all the crime on the street. Um, we get tax father-in-law. He wants to join. The wife returns for one little cameo, which I mentioned. Um, so this is where, like, it really kind of falls apart for me because it's really cool. We get to see a young David Spade, which I think this is his very first movie. Uh, there's, right. there's a cameo by Tony Hawk, um, and they are skateboarders. Well, he he's
1: not, he's not, doesn't do a cameo. He plays the double. Tony Hawk is whenever David oh. Spade is skating, that's
0: Tony Hawk. Oh, okay. See, so I, I misread that—that that, uh, he was actually like one of the, uh, like the, the friends, like one of the skateboarding friends too. So he also you know, doubles for David Spade. Yeah,
1: he, he doubles for David Spade, and then the guy that Arnie. David Spade's friend, the guy with the brown hair—I'm yeah. pretty sure that's Lance Mountain, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Like all that gang of people are all the world's best skateboarders at the ah, time.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: It's like Steve Caballero, uh, Lance Mountain, Tony Hawk, like the biggest names in skateboarding were all there. Yeah.
0: And Stacy Peralta, you know, I only, yeah. I only know that name from um, the... Dogtown and Z-Boys? Exactly, yeah. And, and then the movie based on that, Lords of Dogtown... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- th- yeah, there's this little montage where they're they're uh, kind of showcasing the the skateboarding, and I don't know if it's like a late '80s pop song, which I'm assuming it is. But I like the song. I I just this this took me out of uh, a police academy movie watching this because around this time, I I'd imagine film was starting to go a, a certain way, you know, incorporating a lot more music. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but there must have been at least three or four like pop '80s songs. That were yeah. used throughout this entire movie.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a uh, they they spent money on a soundtrack this time. That's
0: for sure. They did, and that's actually where all the money probably went because, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and
1: not the balloon sequence at the end. The balloon sequence.
0: Oh yeah, the hot air balloon. You're right. That's uh, that's that must have been a lot of money too. And it's funny because you mentioned how the money keeps going down as far as like profit goes. I, I, how this, uh, the, the director, Jim Drake, returns from, no, this is his new movie, or first time. I, I don't know how they swung that, but, um, it's just kind of a, I don't know. It, this, this one just didn't work for me. I, I did enjoy the music, but I, I like 80s music, but this, sure. this, this, yeah, it didn't make any sense. I, I mentioned earlier, Coming Out star got goofier in this one, um, uh, so I, I won't get into a whole lot of specifics, but what are some scenes that stuck out for you that that you liked and whatever? Um, the actress, I don't know her name, but she was in The uh, The Secret of My Success and Teen Wolf 2. You know, the blonde who actually becomes like Zed's love interest.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember her name, but I, yes, I absolutely know who you're talking
0: about. So what do you th- I always liked her. She's good. Well, She's always fun. Did, did you like their – I don't know. I, I didn't find any chemistry, you, you know, uh
1: I don't think you're supposed to okay.
2: think this is a notebook,
1: <laughs> <Okay>. though. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be goofy. And actually, that's the scene that um, where they have their thing where they're spinning around. Where I made my wife come into the room when I was watching the film uh-huh. because there's a thing we do with our eyebrows. Okay. Um, it's, the, it's that. It's that. We do that to each other uh-huh. where we just lift our eyebrows as just like joking around, trying to act sexy
0: to each other where yeah. we're just doing
1: it really poorly. Yeah. And it, it, I, I had no idea, but it is exactly that scene. And me and my wife do it all the time. So
0: Yeah. I, I think the only reason this movie was um, watchable for me was because of Zed. You know I really like his scene at the at the poetry reading where yes. uh, where he's you know going over there to present this new initiative uh, new initi- gosh new initiative. initiative uh the citizen on patrol and and um he gets up and he reads this uh this line uh which I thought was funny you know he even mentions fart you know who, i guess you know sure why not uh, but it's funny you know that Z- is funny you know because when he goes there. The uh, that woman she mistakes him just for like some kind of goon, and he right. he says that well he he wanted to wear no more clothes because it makes people comfortable, <laughs> but he's wearing <laughs> his clothes from like the part two where he was a, a gangster, you know, right? Uh, the days Yeah. Uh, now, how about the the swimming pool scene? Okay, you you had uh, uh, Callahan with,
1: with Leslie Easterbrook. Or yes. The purple? Yes. Uh,
0: Le- uh, Leslie Easterbrook. Um, uh, this is rated PG, but. I don't think it's you know, it, it worthy a P G thirteen rating just because of this one scene. But Leslie Easterbrook she gets into the pool and uh you know, she's wearing a white top, no bra, and we get to see her. Right. Um and then uh in the same scene it's really weird. Uh Arnie, uh, the um David Spade's friend, he's on this right. bike yeah. over by the pool. I don't even know why it's there. It's supposed to be a funny scene, but he, uh, you know, pedals so fast that the bike gets off and then he starts pedaling through the water. Um, uh-huh. what I found funny was Zed was loud enough to shout in the water <laughs> for Arnie to hear him. Um, yeah. that was funny. Um, one uh and then in this scene oh i, I forgot to mention that uh lieutenant harris who's now captain maybe yeah he's captain now uh who proctor works for him too so now they're kind of mixed up but uh there's this scene where harris is kind of like talking to like zed and that girl for being unprofessional or something i
2: want discipline why make myself clear zed discipline jerk sure. what he said bye No, that's
1: that's a jerk. I think it was pretty clear. I said, sure. okay. it's a, it's
0: a, yeah. yeah. So it was we like his the delivery, bit. the timing. It was just, it was beautiful. I, I I thought that was extremely funny.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a that's kind of what I dug about this movie. There's a it's very Zed focused yes. in this movie, and it gets away from Gutenberg a little bit, and those guys um, play smaller roles. And he's allowed to shine. And so if you don't like Zed, you're not gonna like this movie. And yeah. when I was younger, I was never good at it, but I really liked skateboarding. So to get to mm. see skateboarding and film was something that was a rare treat at the time. Yeah. so that was really I liked that a lot seeing you know these people that I knew. And going back and looking and seeing the obvious body doubles at the time and seeing the skateboard style change when David Spade can clearly, just ride on the skateboard, uh-huh. and you can tell as soon as it's an overhead shot, it's somebody else. It just looks hilarious, so I always enjoy that. But that's a a continuity flaw that I actually enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot of other scenes really to um, to really get into. I mean, you, you got the old lady, Mrs. Feldman, that's in there. She's like a a female older version of Tackleberry, basically. You know, right. heavily into the military type stuff, but she's this sweet little old lady. Uh, and like you said, you know, it's a a lot of Zed, which I like. Um, and uh, I, I didn't really care for Harris so much in this in this one. He he really didn't do anything for me. I actually kind of like Mauser um, better. I like Harris in the first one. That's my favorite Harris. I, I I really liked him. It could be the material, you know, the writing. Um, yeah. Is probably what it is. Uh, another scene I think people uh, tend to like is the um, when uh, Arnie Kyle. I forgot the black guy's name. The, the new big black guy, House, they call him. Is his big oh, name? Yeah. And so, so they are part of this program too, but they're not doing a whole lot. And Mahoney and Jones, they they figure that they're gonna kind of teach them a right. lesson, set up the, this, prank. Yeah. the prank, yeah. And then you get to see um, uh, Hightower dressed up as Badula, this voodoo guy, uh, and I, I kind of like that scene, but um, it, it's just a. I oh, don't know, I think these guys are idiots because, like, once Badula starts talking, how do you not know that's Hightower? Like, yeah, I, I can tell, like, you maybe you can't tell it looks like Hightower, but, like, the voice was just, like, he almost spoke no different except for a little um, Jamaican patois. Is that is that the right word? You know? Sure, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, Blue Oyster returns. And here's a couple of things <laughs> I did learn about, about, about this. The, this is the last time we see the Blue, Ois- uh, Blue Oyster. Um, which Proctor goes into this one i don 't know how he forgot um, right. you know because he was just in it uh, by him and Harris they go into it uh, into the blue oyster, which Mahoney uh, gave him directions to. I read that originally it was supposed to be Mauser and Proctor in the uh, in part three, and that 's got scrapped so they used it for this one and, and had Harris go in. Um, so that's, that's basically it <laughs> of part four. I really have nothing else to say, uh, except for skateboarding, Mrs. Feldman, and more <laughs> Zed. Um, there you go. so that, that's really the short, short version of this movie. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up with, uh, um, the, the ratings for two, three, and four. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, uh, two, I didn't really care for it's it's not a bad watch uh i would actually suggest watching in this order one three two then four because it just seems like it fits so much better that way uh, but two i'm gonna give it a two okay uh three i really uh i actually really enjoyed it's really close to the first one and we already kind of mentioned that it's a it's it's Almost a remake. Uh, Mm The joke's funny. Zed being a police officer is hilarious. I'm gonna give that one a a three, so that's just a step down from one for me. And four, uh, not a whole lot to say, but I like Zed. But I'm gonna give that one. um, What did I give two? I gave that one a two, right? So I'm gonna give this one a two and a half. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, If I had to go through and rank them, um, I four is my favorite in the whole series, Um, and then it goes kind of backwards from there um but it's four three one then two i think
0: okay yeah so we kind of agree that yeah two's probably the the weakest of the bunch Um, yeah i agree do you do you agree that if you were watching this uh that that maybe you go one three two and four do you you know
1: honestly i think you can pick up anywhere in these series like we were getting at before um they're all written in a way where it doesn't matter where you show up you're gonna get who these characters are pretty quickly yeah um Uh, very few of them have any change over the course of the films. They all stay as we're introduced to them. They don't grow as characters. You don't really need to know what their relationships are from prior. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I'm not, I think you can jump in at any point and you'll be fine. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it would be, if you're going to watch them in order, that, that would be fine. But you can skip two, and you'll
0: be okay. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good one there. Because uh, really, th- there's nothing out of that. Because a lot of the new characters that were introduced weren't even brought back. So right. uh, if you can go ahead and pimp uh, your your show, the, the the podcast you're on, we'll go ahead and wrap it up from there. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, I'm on War Machine versus War Horse. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. All those places. Uh, also, the Following Films podcast, same thing, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find it there. And my website is
0: followingfilms.com. And, and now your Twitter, did you add podcast to it, or is it still at following underscore films?
1: It's still uh, following underscore films, yeah.
0: Okay, so, uh, yeah, I definitely encourage uh, listeners to to go follow follow uh chris on that uh, because you also tweet out your links and stuff like that and uh, um you know the interviews and stuff so uh for for me uh hydrate level four obviously facebook itunes uh instagram and twitter is at hlf podcast email is uh hlf podcast at gmail.com um so i don't know what's going on next uh i may have another host uh uh, but, uh, but, Chris, I thank you for watching these four movies <laughs> for, for, uh, and, and making time to come on the show because I know you blog and you interview uh, directors and you know, you got, you got your hands full, obviously. So I appreciate you coming on and, and thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, I, I, it was a great time doing it man I hope to come back and do it again sometime
0: yeah and, and hopefully we can get stuff that have uh, a little bit more substance to it so <laughs> <laughs> I think that will be more fun there we will we, we'll probably be a little bit more engaged in the movie too there you so, go yeah okay uh and again well this is uh hydrate level four until the next episode i'll see you guys. Later.